What's up? Jason Tatum here. Ball up wherever you are with NBA 2K Mobile. Playing game events to collect NBA legends and rising stars to assemble your dream team and settle things on the court. Download NBA 2K Mobile now on the App Store and Google Play. Hello, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran, and I'm here with River Brown, Joel Dells, and John Totorelli. And it's now episode 302. In this episode, we are going to talk about the Hawks potentially trading for Pascal Siakam, react to the NBA's opening night and Christmas Day schedule, which player will take the biggest leap from Team USA, and Celtic Suns depth comparison. It's a uh, must-have conversation. Must have. You weren't ready for the show, it looks like. Yo, I swear to God, he usually says, are you ready? And then we I say, oh, did yeah. Say, yeah. I didn't say, yeah. Didn't so say I thought, yeah. yeah. But at some uh, point, we got it's all right. Um, we got a lot of fucking content for you guys today, yeah. man. Oh my god, and my stomach hurts. So, and before oh, yeah. before we get into that content, <laughs> just real quick, Mojo Waitlist DFS. Make sure you guys sign up and join. Run Link it up. is in our Run bio. Mojo has extended us for the NFL season. They are our biggest and only sponsor, and it would mean a lot if you guys can join the waitlist. And number two. We had the privilege and the honor of speaking to one of the greatest rappers of all time. A legendary actor, a legendary producer. Mm. He's the owner of the big three, Mm. Mr. Ice Cube. Yes, sir. And here goes the interview for that. Joined with us now is a special guest, one of the most influential rappers in the genre's history, legendary actor, producer, and director, and owner of the big three, Ice Cube, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, yeah, man. What's happening? Thanks for having me. We're doing good right now. Are you excited for the big three playoffs coming up? Hell yeah. Um, it's what we play for to see who's the best teams. We had a, a, a real competitive year. Um, you know, coming down the wire, we had seven teams. That was four and two. Um, and so Got a little separation last week, but this week is going to tell it all. And so, you know, can't wait to see who's the final four. Because I'm looking at the standings and the top four is the Killer Threes, Triplets, Trilogy, all at five and two. Then you have five teams or four teams with all four and three records, the Enemies, Power, Ball Hogs, and the Ghost Ballers. And all of them are playing this weekend. Yeah, you know, we got four games this weekend, um, and all of them have stakes. You know, it's pretty much win or go home. Um, and that's what that's what you want. You want to come down to the wire. Um, this is our last week. It's not the playoffs, but it feel like the playoff is going to start, you know, Sunday. Yeah, and I was, I was looking at the matchups this coming week. The one that stuck out to me, triplets versus power, right? Triplet side, you got guys like Joe Johnson, Jeremy Pargo, Larry Sanders. Power, you got a couple number one overall picks there. Uh, Coutinho Mobley is the captain. But what really intrigues me with this matchup is the coaches. You have Nancy Lieberman and Lisa Leslie. Two coaches, ready won championships in the big three, trying to add another one to their resume. I'm curious from your perspective, what's the importance on having female head coaches in the big three and the impact they've had on the league? Well, you know, we, we're putting our money where our mouth is. Um, and, you know, they're Hall of Famers. So they're the best people for the job, ultimately. That's really what it comes down to, you know, more than us checking a box. 
you know, both Nancy Lieberman and Lisa Leslie, they both won the championship. So they both have shown that they can um, coach at a coach men at a high level to the ultimate prize. And so, um, you know, they've, they've shown their talent. All I've, all I've done was really give them the platform and give them the, the stage to show what they already knew they can do. And so it's just been great to be in a, in a position where, um, you know, some leagues say they want to do it. Some leagues drag their feet on doing it, but to really step in and do it and then prove the point by winning the championship, um, it, it really is extremely satisfying. Do you, do you have like a, a favorite going in? I know you're the, you're the league owner, so you can't really, you know, be have a little pick, but do you have one to win the championship this year? No, I don't have a favorite. You know, um, most years I do, but this year has been so close and, and the competition has, has pretty much been even. And some of these teams, they've lost by one basket or or two baskets. It's not like, you know, teams are getting blown out. So it's so evenly matched. I can't really pick until I see what teams are going to make the championship, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, so we, you know, we us, we're from Jersey. You know, we're from New Jersey. So we we saw a player like Isaiah Briscoe, you know, come up from Roselle Catholic and be so elite and pretty much have New Jersey by storm. He was kind of in your league. He kind of got his overseas contract, and then you brought in has he got to come in and be a good player. You know, he's big on TikTok. Do you plan on, like, bringing in more younger guys in the future along with expanding the league? I've seen you've done that in the past couple of years. Do you think it is going to be geared towards bringing in more younger players? I mean, we always look to do that. Um, we started 22 years old. So um, the thing is, you know, what what people will realize the more and more they watch the big three is it's its own sport. You know, you, you got to have, you know, you, you, you got to be, you know, got to have your basketball, you know, IQ has to be high. You have to have a, a bag of moves. Uh, these guys know all the veteran tricks. So, um, you know, we haven't really have a youngster able to play at this level and be able to get loose, you know. Um, but, you know, some of our younger players are in their 20s still and and they figured it out. So, of course, we're looking to, to be younger and, and not just to be younger, but to find the best athletes that can play this game at this level. Um, it's physical. A lot of youngsters not used to playing that physical. Uh, so, you know, it's really about the athletes. You know, if they're there, they're available, they want to play, I believe we got a platform for them. And as far as expanding, yeah, right now we're in the process of selling teams. So teams will have ownership and they will uh, represent cities. So as we, you know, sell these first 12 teams, they'll, they'll be the, you know, uh, you know, New Jersey triplets or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever <laughs> owners we find that have a connection with their cities, 
we're going to try to do that. And then we'll expand to 16 teams and we'll, it'll keep going and growing. One question I had, when you look at the big threes league, you've got former top five picks, you've got NBA champions, a variety of different all-stars. Have you up close and personal seen some players who didn't get to end off their NBA tenure and the note that they liked get to rediscover that passion for the game? Definitely. You know, guys, um, you know, when the NBA doesn't have room for you or for whatever reason, you know, sometimes it's a personality thing. Has nothing to do with their game. Has something to do with, you know, they might be real outspoken and uh, rub rub some, some, you know, some organizations the wrong way and get a bad name and they find themselves out the league. You know, these guys got a chip on their shoulder, but they still want to play at home. They still want to play, you know, in America in front of, you know, their friends, family, um, peers, and they still want to show everybody what they got. So um, we have a lot of athletes with a chip on their shoulder uh, who felt like they didn't get a, a, a good run in the NBA or the NBA didn't even give them a good look at all and so they have a lot to prove and that's the kind we want you know i know a lot of people say dude q go get this name go get that name but i don't just want the name i want the game you got to have that edge you got to still be ready to get buckets and you got to still be ready to to you know uh compete at a high level um you know on a big stage so a lot of people they retire they're done they don't want it no more, uh, or their body has went, worn out, and they, they don't want to be a pro like that no more, which is cool. Uh, they can come sit by me. But <laughs> if you really got the dog in you and you really want to still get down, I think we got a great stage. That's a great point. With the Some players never get that opportunity. And I think of a Glenn Rice Jr. In 2013, he wins Summer League MVP with the Wizards, and he just never gets a shot in the NBA to really prove himself. And so seeing guys get that opportunity is big time for sure. And there's former NBA players that get to the big three and they, they don't play like their former NBA <laughs> self. They're, they're struggling against guys who probably had lesser of an opportunity to showcase what they can do. Well, here's the issue. You know, you, you can't be a specialist in the big three. Mm. Like in the NBA, you can be a three-point guy. You can be a rebound guy. You can be a defensive guy. But in the, in the big three, you got to be able to to dribble past, shoot, and defend at a high level, you're going to get exposed and you're not going to look as good as you look, um, you know, in the NBA. And you got to be able to, you know, for some, in some ways, get your own shot. Um, you know, we got, we got, you know, pick and rolls that go down, but the players that can actually break, break the defender down and, and get in the lane and get their own shots, are are successful in the big three and has there has there been any player i'm wondering because you obviously have a lot of big names joe johnson michael beasley you got some coaches in there that had you know successful careers has there been any maybe under the radar player that surprised either you or maybe the league that you weren't expecting oh um yeah i mean you know when you look at you know players that that kind of come out of nowhere you know i looked at glenn rice jr you know you just mentioned him and um, he was amazing. Um, you know, uh, Jody Meeks is lighting it up in the league. You know, he, he, 
you know, it seemed like every time he shoot, I think it's going to go in. <laughs> so, you know, he's, uh, I think he's, he's always been a great player. You know, I saw him with the Lakers uh, for a few years and um, to see that he's still um, got that shot, you know, and still can move and, and get open and, and get it off. Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, Elijah Stewart, you know, I think he's, he came into the league, you know, last year he played a few games, then he went to the G League. But this year he stayed the whole time. And I just think he's, you know, a phenomenal athlete. And, um, you know, he just got a great vertical and, and he can play. And so, you know, these guys, you said Isaiah Briscoe, great. Um, you know, a great surprise. For sure. And I know we're talking a lot about the big three, but I can't sit here and not talk about one of your favorite teams in the NFL, the Raiders, right? Moved to Vegas yeah. a couple of years ago. I know I know you, you were vouching for that. I know you're still rocking with the Raiders. Had a bit of a different offseason. You move off your guy, Derek Carr. You got Jimmy G in there now. Um, you have, of course, the Josh Jacobs situation. He has to get his money. I'm, I'm curious what your expectations for the season, really just this whole offseason, where Derek Carr has been your franchise guy, Josh Jacobs has been your franchise guy. What are you expecting for this season? Um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you got a, you got a low rider you're putting together and <laughs> think it might be dope, but all the parts are still laid out in the garage. So you still <laughs> assembling, you know, what it's going to be. Hey, look, you know, I, I'm a realist. We're in the AFC West. We got to deal with the, with the chiefs. Oh yeah. Um, you know, the, the Raiders, you, you just want them to, to start building a team, you know, uh, eight and eight would be, uh, you know, a record that I would expect eight and eight, maybe, you know, um, nine and seven, you know, but it's still, you know, we're still building a team, you know, when you break it on down and tear it apart, like we have, you got, you don't even know what you got till they hit the field. So, you know, I'm gonna have to hold my opinion so I kind of see, right. see at least four or five games. Yeah. <laughs> and I had high hopes for the Raiders last season. Darren Waller, Devontae, Carr. Do you feel like the way Derek Carr left the Raiders, were you happy about that? Or do you feel like he deserved a little bit more justice from the organization? Well, I think he deserved a little more justice. You know, he's dealt with so many different coordinators, so many different head coaches, uh, controversy. Um, so, you know, uh, deaf of, you know, one, I'm not deaf, but uh, one of his favorite new receivers, um, you know, getting to an accident and, and now he's, you know, doing time in jail. Like, this dude went through it. And um, so he's never really had a chance to me. I think he's a good quarterback and I wish him well. And I wish it would have worked out with the Raiders because, you know, um, I know he can play. You know, he just, to me, didn't have a chance with all these changes. Now, it's obvious that you're you're a busy guy. You just finished doing the You and Ninja Turtles movie. You're the owner of the big three. And I, I'm sure you do a plethora of other things. Do you still keep up with the NFL and like teams across the league? Are you still an avid viewer of it? Yeah, I love the NFL. Um, you know, it's only a few things that I can really fan out on in that <laughs> sport. So, <laughs> yeah. 
you know, the NFL is great. Um, and, you know, I stay on top of it and, you know, watch it. I can't wait till it start back up. You know, that's why we end our championship on August 26th because we don't want to run into that first week. (laughs) You know, it's like running into a brick wall. So, um, yeah, you know, when the NFL start, that means the big three season is over. We've we've popped champagne somewhere (laughs) and uh, somebody's a champion. And then now I can just be a fan and and enjoy my life, so to speak. At this table, we have a plethora of debates, and usually it's always around quarterbacks. Just real quickly, who are your top five quarterbacks in the NFL currently? Oh, wow. I mean, you got to say Patrick Mahomes, for real. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's uh, he's doing it at, a, at an extremely high level. Um, I do like the kid out of... Uh, out of Cincinnati, Burrow, Burrow. Uh, but I still, you know, love Lamar. Of course, uh, Jackson. You know, he's My he's guy. great. And uh, you know, just thinking about the other quarterbacks, you know, the the, the kid in uh in L.A. You know, for for uh, the Chargers is not bad either. You know, he's a he's a great quarterback and. How could you count out Aaron Rodgers? Yes, you know, he's still he's still a <laughs> slinger out there. So, um, you know, maybe I'm missing one or two, but those guys right there, I think you can win with them. Rips the Josh Allen guy. <laughs> yeah, you miss my guy in Buffalo, but it's all right. You know, I ain't, I ain't <laughs> hey, you know, your guy is a tough guy in Buffalo. I think he, uh, I think he's great. You know, um, you know, he's definitely up there. And he's definitely a winner. And we'll see how, you know, we'll see if he can get over the hump. Um, you know, it's always something in Buffalo. We'll see if he can get over the hump. <laughs> always something. Definitely always. So we we talked about your big three campaign. We talked about you being a Raiders fan. And I was on TikTok and I, I seen you talking about how a jack of all trades, that, that quote about a jack of all trades. And you've had a great career as a director had a great career as an actor you know the 50th anniversary for hip-hop is coming up you know I think that's such a big accomplishment for you do you do you plan on doing any new music coming up do you plan on like opening up any new music or doing stuff like that oh yeah you know I'm working on the album right now hopefully we can finish it soon and get it out this fall always working on music love music um and that quote is um Jack of all trades, master of none, but it still beats being a master of one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, spread yourself, do do more multiple things, you know. Um, you know, I'm into that. Um, so I love music, I love music, um, I love movies, TV, sports, you know. Um Anything I know that I can give people good, um, good product, good entertainment, good a good time, um, you know, I'm down to do it. And now we'll finish this off with this last question. You talk about being a jack of multiple trades. 
you've done so many things in your career, Raptor, actor, director, producer, you're an owner right now. My question for you is what's your why? Why do you start a passion project like the big three? What gets you up in the morning to just try to grow it as much as possible? What's your why? Um, I love to create. I think, uh, you know, men are happiest when we're creating something. Um, and, you know, whether it's, you know, a pet project or something, you know, as big as, uh, you know, what I'm doing with the big three. But I think that's the why, you know, we, we were born to create. We were born to manifest, to uh, think of, a, of, of an idea, think of something and then bring it to life uh, and bring it into existence. You know, that's that's what that's what we're all built to do, uh, you know, and we got to use our superpower. I love that answer. Thank you for being on Pick a Side Ice Cube. It's an honor. We have your shirt up here. Just we, we knew you were gonna come on, so we hit, we brought up yeah. your shirt. It's it's an honor to to have you on. No problem, man. Anytime, you know. Love talking to you guys. Uh, thanks for covering the big three. Salute for that, and um, enjoy this last three weeks of the league. That was and, cute. That and was then cute. We just, and then we just, you know. I like that. That was actually dope. Yeah. I didn't see that coming at all. Oh, sorry. It's just on the fly. Right, do your all thing. Right. You know PG's, one of his nickname is Batman. Have you heard of Batman? Yeah. Have you ever heard anybody call him? No, right? No. We're here. So, yeah, that happened. So, uh. How did you guys feel interviewing Ice Cube? It was a pretty surreal moment, right? It was crazy. Nervous we've, as fuck. we've had Slay on. Slay was probably our biggest since Ice Slay. Cube. You did miss Slay. Yeah. Uh, but Ice Cube, listen, we love you, Slay. But Ice Cube <laughs> Ice Cube's in a little bit of a different bracket. I mean, Ice Cube was crazy, but he was awesome to have on. Um, real humble dude, you know, saluted us at the end. So all of I think the cool part about it is, like, my dad was more excited than me. Because I told him yesterday, I was like, no, I told him two days ago, because this was all, like, last minute. I was like, yeah, dad, we might have Ice Cube on the show. He's like, Ice Cube, Ice Cube? I was like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, shit, all right, keep me updated. The next day, I'm like, yeah, Dad, we're um, locking in. He was like, wait, hold on, let me do some research. I got some questions for you I want you to ask. He sends me like 40 Ice Cube songs. And then I call him uh, after that interview. He's like, yeah, Ice Cube, that's my dog, man. I can't believe you had him up there. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, so he gave you 40 questions. How many did he give over? No, okay, you're, you're actually slow. I said he sent me 40 songs. Oh, songs, songs. Yeah, songs. I didn't even hear that part. But yeah, sure. 40 different songs and questions. No, it was only four questions. You're not the biggest old school hip hop fan. You, you like his music? I like Ice Cube because, like, when we were younger and my dad used to pick me up, every time I got in the car, it was, it was Ice Cube. Cube. Yeah, that's his favorite rapper. So I know, like, Ice Cube, I know NWA. Mm -hmm. um, but he didn't really like Jay Z, Nas. Like, he, he actually said on the phone, he's like, hey, man, y'all can have that Jay Z dude. I, <laughs> I got Ice Cube. Cube. Yeah, so I was like, <laughs> yeah, he didn't really like all that. So I know Ice Cube a lot. Nah, man, I kind of give a subtle hint on my Instagram about it. Um, you know, Posted, it was a good day by Ice Cube, I, legendary song. Yeah, you know, just had that song a, is actually kind of hard. It is. The beat goes hard. He said some wild lines in there about girls. I was like, oh That's shit. True. I was introduced to him playing campaign. Black Ops won Bowman's voiceover. I'm like, this guy's character's big I didn't time. remember like, that. You're and casual. That was, that was 2011. To be introduced to Ice Cube, like, that's kind of crazy. That was my yeah. first RPG. No, obviously. I started watching the movies and shit. You don't even watch Friday. I watched when I was seven. This is all. Uh, you really expect John to watch good movies? It's a classic. What are you trying to say? What do you mean? Are you starting it already? It's, it's obviously mean? those movies are for a certain def demographic. Nuts. This guy Whoa. is sick. We just had ice cream. <laughs> they, they are catered. You gotta watch out for the Did you watch it? 
Yes, I watched it. I watched Boys in the Hood. I watched oh, Friday. I feel like Friday. I'm part I feel like of Boy, the demographic. I feel like Boys in the Hood. Yes, I feel like Friday is so like it's a comedy. It's that, but it's also a comedy. I feel like everybody at that at this point is probably seeing uh, Friday. He's on seen, Twitter. I haven't so. seen Friday. I've seen Boys in the Hood. I haven't seen Friday. That's actually weird. Yeah, that's yeah, weird. I feel like Boys in the Hood is almost more probably, like you, you don't relate to Boys in the Hood at all. Not at all. I don't relate to power. Like, come so on, Ice, power. Ice Cube. Like, Ice Cube wasn't writing Friday. What do you watch? Me? Yeah. Like shows? Yeah. Like what? The fuck. He watches Snowfall. That definitely doesn't relate can, to you. Definitely. Can I see just watch Snowfall. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> do you hear this guy? <laughs> <laughs> do you hear this guy? What do you mean I can't relate to Snowfall? Streets? You're not selling crack. Oh, uh, yeah, no, no shot. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Nah, Ice Cube wasn't writing Friday with. John Tortorelli from Waldwick in mind. <laughs> he has to tune into the, the location. But crazy. I was yeah. actually, I was actually um, watching an interview of his, and he said that the reason why he wrote Friday is because most of the movies about the hood at the time were very negative and painted in the picture like it's always hell. So Friday was kind of a movie that he made, so people can see that you know, it, every day is not fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know, they're having fun, they're laughing. It was so funny. The those uh being in those circumstances is unpredictable, but doesn't mean that it's um awful. Do you right? actually know who uh, stole uh Craig's boxes from his job? No. If remember uh, remember the crackhead that told uh um Chris Tucker he would wash his car? It was him. I didn't know. Yeah, I've only beginning. watched the first Friday, I haven't watched the other one. No, ones. I'm talking about the first Friday. Oh. Remember the guy in the beginning who's running away with the boxes? Those are Craig's boxes from mm-hmm. his job. You don't know what I'm talking about. I don't about know that. what you're talking about, no. <laughs> yeah, my my yeah. favorite my favorite movie. Wasn't Ice Cube wasn't in it? He didn't act in it, but it, it was Menace to Society. Ah, uh, that's my favorite. That's a good movie. Yeah, I like that movie. Uh, they always die at the end. It's really sad. Yeah, that yeah. that's exactly what Ice Cube meant. Like these movies are usually always sad, and he it's wanted always to, a sad death. To pick like, something the way they funny. die. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So to start off the show, NBA opening night and Christmas game schedules have been released. Interesting slate. Now the opening night of the NBA: Los Angeles Lakers at the Denver Nuggets. The game. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. And then the closing game is the Suns at the Warriors. Lost me. Think so? The Warriors, listen, the Warriors still got that name brand, shiny card, the new, but bro, you got Chris Paul there now. Clay Thompson's coming off a down season. I guess Draymond got hit, but like the Warriors, the Warriors don't. Mm. Excite me like they used to. Right. They really don't. I would, it feels you. like the end of an era, maybe. It, it kind of feels like the end of the era. Yeah, you know, sure. they don't. It's unfortunate they don't have their first round pick this year either. If things go left, fucking casual. Um, anytime Steph Curry is in the court, it's always box time. Like it's always box office. You're nuts. Um, I would have rather liked to see the Kings. Honestly, I, I would have Suns Kings or no, Warriors, Warriors, Warriors Kings. Not open like I, if it if it wasn't Warriors and Kings, I wouldn't mind not seeing Warriors on opening night. But I understand. Steph is box office. You put him on any night, it's going to sell out. Katie is box office, too. Right. Um, it's not Steph. He's not, he's not box Steph, office in the comments. KD's section. box this office, for sure. He's tier two. Steph and LeBron there, are tier there's one. There's a reason sure. why yeah, there's they a reason had why the Lakers and, and the Warriors playing 
open tonight is because LeBron and Steph. There's a reason they got that boy Kevin Durant playing too. Oh, the Suns there's are the biggest story of the offseason. Yeah. The Suns are basically the NBA's version of Jets. He's cooking. Box office. Yeah. It's the reason why they're playing at Chase, though. You do know that, right? They need the Warriors to get off on a good note. I don't, I don't think they care. It was that. away. It wouldn't matter. Steph, no. Steph. Uh, oh, Warriors well, are away in Christmas. Okay. Well, you're home for the opening night. That's fair. You guys won what nine road games last year? You have how many rings in the last ten years? Ten. Yeah. Doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, the Denver Nuggets. I like that they got their respect. I like that they're yeah, getting I the rematch. Um. On um. Yeah, day. especially Lakers all the the, the uh, Mike Malone stuff he was talking. He was talking he's crazy. going into the offseason. After he won the chip, he was talking shit. Okay, shit, you won. Yeah. You can say whatever you want. So I, I, I like the first two games. Opening night is pretty good. Are Lakers guys, and Nuggets. Are you surprised no Eastern Conference teams? Usually, I feel watch? like they usually have 7 o'clock East or whatever, 730, 10 o'clock. The Bucks and the Celtics for the 30,000th time? That's fair. Bucks yeah, I mean, and Heat for the 50th time? No one really wants to watch the Heat. It won't, they wanted the chip and hole. I don't Unless if they get Dame, though. So. If they would, you think if, if the it, Heat would have traded for Dame, yeah, for they would have put him on. Yeah. The Celtics, probably. Or the Bucks. Nuggets. Yeah, now, they probably would have done East, East, West, West. I don't want to see that shit again. Oh, no respect to the teams. I don't want to see that shit again. But you're seeing that shit again. It's new teams. I mean, Lakers, Nuggets, we saw. Denver, Lakers, new team. they lost Jeff Green. They lost Bruce Brown. Christian Brown um, takes those minutes and paying Watson. He's going to take a leap. The Lakers look like a much more complete team for than sure. Denver. Coming into the season. In theory. Boston in theory, Heat yeah. would have been the same storyline. Hey, Jimmy Butler versus Jason Tatum again. If they would have got Dame, it would have been cool. There is a rivalry with the Bucks and the Celtics. I love to see that. There is. Uh, but it's just, it's so it's tired. The basketball out, is not as pretty yeah, as the West. I get it. It's more, you know, we've got tough guys over in the East. The West is all pretty. It's finesse. It's shooting. I like and more. You know, Jokic pretty passes, you know. It's cute. As a basketball nerd, I love to see some rebuilding teams, but no one, no one wants to On see. On opening day? No one no, wants to see Detroit, Christmas. bro. I'm, t- I'm thinking of Christmas hey, as well. Hey, hey. <laughs> Respectfully. <laughs> hey, relax. Like rebuilding teams on Christmas? This guy said... Magic Pacers, on Apollo, Tyrese on, on opening day? Not, nah, you don't, they got, you gotta you don't make start the way. NBA with some yeah, whack shit. You gotta set the tone, bro. I'm thinking ahead to Christmas. Even Christmas, you don't... You have to have a team that's better, like, okay, so Of course, but... Christmas is like NFL's Thanksgiving, and you mean to tell me you put the worst teams on Christmas? That's like... We already get. We already have to watch the next book. But I'm the type of guy. Huh? Who, I'm the type of guy who projects, and the Magic and Pacers to me oh, are going to sneak into the playoffs or the playing tournament at the very least. Does that the Magic? That, the Magic could sneak into the playing. For that they was, should be in the playing. Fuck a sneak in. Fair. They should be fair. in the playing. There's a lot of mediocre teams like the Bulls and Raptors who are trying to do that too. That doesn't move me. I don't yeah. know what fan of team he is. I can't even throw the joke. Yeah. What do you say before the show? He's, He's a, a lot fan of rebuilding teams. So what's your new rebuilding team? He likes so fan bases. Not your Orlando team. fan. Fuck. I'm not an Orlando fan, per se, but Paulo is one of my favorite players to of watch. Of course he is. Uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, uh, Victor is too. Scoot, right? No. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. You got a new guy? What are you trying to say, Dell? you trying to... He's, he's you. He's you. you. I was Burrow Mahomes. I was just kind of, you know... Wait, wait, hold up. Joker, and B. He was <laughs> an Embiid fan. For the fans, apparently, this new information came out that John was an Embiid fan and the same Hinky fan and a fan of the process. The process was clearly a failure, process so he decided to jump on Denver's coattails and be a Joker fan. So information's the, presented, Rip. That's bullshit. No, you told you happened. told me that bar for I bar. Was such a bar for bar. Bar for bar. First three years, can you play a basketball game? You, you, you can play ball for two of those years. <laughs> I, yeah, I was rooting for the 76ers. <laughs> He's worse. So he started playing. He started yeah. playing basketball. And he said, "I'm good." I like watching Thaddeus Young play. What's wrong? With that? What the? You're insane. Yeah. So you like Toronto? Yeah. 
Yeah. He's on the Raptors, no, right? Yeah. This version of Thaddeus oh, Young. But the one that Thaddeus uh, Young even on, the, on Young. those teams. Uh, he was traded by like 24. Thaddeus Young has a record. He's one of those. Well, he's one Thaddeus of five Young players that averaged 13, 7, 7, 2. It's like shooting like. It's like this weird ass, stupid ass. Very specific stuff. ESPN yeah. filters. I'm thoroughly mm-hmm. impressed with Thaddeus Young wasn't even on those teams. It was Jeremy Grant. He no, was a star. And he was traded by like 2013. Probably. I haven't definitely. And also, Dallas, you're not about to get away with that, mister. Because one. Joe Burrow, Mahomes, I haven't just became fans of them. Joe Burrow, I got a card, a trading card from LSU And you days. have the Mahomes shirt. Ha- we know. I have we the know. Mahomes shirt. Yeah, you have I w- the Mahomes tweet. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And, oh, let's mention the Mahomes tweet where they chose my voice to voice over Mahomes' accomplishments. Congratulations. That, and I, I, you can do about that. Dells quote tweeted it, and I did replied. Did you try to front on Dells just now? I, I, he did. Nah, he, he tried to. He, he tried to little muscle up real quick. I replied to the tweet, and I said, "I'm stamped in the Mahomes fandom." He, he is. He is. It doesn't one. mean I'm not going to give you shit for it, being a fan of the best two quarterbacks in football. But hey, listen, nice. it just turned out to be the best. Funny enough about him, that video, he called that. Josh Allen the best quarterback in uh, NFL not too long ago. Last year, yes, yeah. Josh Allen was the best quarterback in the NFL the first half of the year. So I'm, I'm, I'm here. Don't you? But it, does, does one half of the year just throw away everything that Mahomes no. has done? Well, Joel probably said it. I don't like defending you. But no, you he said it before the summer. He said it in the summer. Half, right? No, he said it after the playoffs. Oh, after? He did. No, I didn't say Josh Allen was the best last season. I said Josh Allen was the best Two years after ago. the playoffs. Right. Yeah, after the playoffs. Post Chiefs, Bills, and Bills game, yeah. went into that shootout. He, he, he can't even defend you correctly. See how this is going on? Yeah, listen, he said he doesn't like defending me. I'm not trying to get I his I don't defense. believe that. But he doesn't like to fetch yeah, him. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just pointing out, I think Josh Allen's a little bit underrated right now. Easily. Who has him outside the top four? It's I've definitely seen lists where really? he's outside the top four. Yeah. I feel like well, everything is Our boy Ice Cube just did not name him in he his didn't. top five. So. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't I, I guess that's true. He had he didn't Rodgers name over him. Body either. He just named him by the team. <laughs> he said the kid no, he said from Lamar. Cincinnati. He said Lamar's name. He said <laughs> yeah. Lamar Jackson. He said, um, said Mahomes and Lamar. And he said, you know what he said at the end? Rodgers. Can't count out Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <Aaron Rogers. laughs> he just said name uh, Herbert and Joe Burrow. Yeah. The Christmas Day schedule is underwhelming. The Bucks at Knicks, I, I think that's a boring game. NBA Christmas do better. Bucks at Knicks, boring. Sixers at Heat. That's boring. That's boring as well. Celtics at Lakers. That's, that's prime time. Respectable that's prime game. Time. Right. Time. Mavericks at Suns. Oh, LeBron James, Jason Tatum. What do y'all think about the Mavericks and Suns? Uh, we got the, I guess, the I get robbery. It. It's, it has some it has some type of tension in storyline. Got the Kyrie, KD, like Grizzlies, Warriors. Because you got the big brother. You feel like Luca versus the little brother seems. Yeah. I mean, none of them won. So yeah, that's not, the, it's Warriors not like the Warriors have four chips. See, the Warriors and Nuggets is nothing there, so it doesn't make sense to me. There is. It's just Steph and Jokic. That's exactly. What's there. Yeah. The Warriors, the one team that haven't. Or I, sorry, think, I think I yeah, think bias aside, Celtics words. Lakers is the most exciting game on here. That's the best one. Yeah. I, I feel, feel like, like you could have you could have had Cavs Knicks again, or Cavs Celtics. I feel like those two games because what we seen last year with the Cavs and Celtics, they, they us, were box yeah. sauce. Every yeah. single game was fire. Make both could have had Warriors Kings if you wanted to add a new team to the Christmas list because every Lakers. time the, every time the Warriors and the Kings play, fire game. You could have had Clippers and the Suns. The storyline is right there. Devin Booker's talking shit. PG's oh, talking George, shit. Yeah. Put them on Christmas. I mean, there's like NBA just be fumbling storylines. Could have had Minnesota on there. Clippers, Lakers is too 2020 to me personally. I feel like the. Yeah, I, w- I would have had the Clippers and Suns for sure. I just feel like with NBA Christmas, it's, it's for cycle teams all the time. And it just, time. every time the schedule comes out, you and realize there again. that there's just no. no real rivalries in the NBA anymore. Who's Philly playing? Philly's playing the Heat. Okay. Philly could have played Denver. Would've made, that would have made more sense. That would have made way more sense. I feel like could have did that. You know, the Heat could have played the Bucks again. You know, AFC beating that team. Like, you, it's just, 
There's so many storylines the NBA just refuses to accept. So. If if I was doing a Christmas Day schedule, I'm having the Celtics at Heat, the Warriors at Lakers, the Nuggets, Sixers playing. Nuggets, Sixers are so random. No, it's because Joel and Embiid versus Jokic. Oh, okay, okay. I feel like you have to, every year, try to add two, like one or two new teams, you know? Yeah. Like young team, young, exciting teams. You would have added, who would you? Kings. I would add the Kings. If they're going to add it, it's probably going to be the early games. The 12 or th- they're not going to No, you can't play. You, that's why I would have had Kings at Warriors. You would have had it. Game? Yeah. Like, I would have added the Kings and maybe Minnesota or if Ja was playing, you could have added Memphis. Is Ja going to be playing by Christmas? No, I don't think so. That's 20, 25 games in my Christmas, right? Actually, he might be. All of, basically, all of November and all of December, and a couple of weeks in October. starting one week later this year, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Christmas is like the eighth week of the NBA season. The Shit. Warriors got a lot of buzz here. You know, they're going to be on opening night and Christmas Day. But recently, I mean, Rave, I want to get your thoughts on this. Talk to me. When Jordan Poole got traded, Steph Curry wrote a out. very heartwarming going away letter to him, whatever post. Steph Curry posted about Jordan Poole when he got traded. Clay Thompson was on Paul George's podcast recently and spoke highly of Jordan Poole. He didn't have to do that. Is it a bad look that it looks like Draymond is the only one that had a problem with Poole? I mean, it makes sense, you know, because they were the one that were kind of in the, the heat of the moment. You know, Draymond's the one who hit Jordan Poole and Draymond's come out and said, Jordan Poole said some things that shouldn't be said. Okay. So, and Jordan Poole even came out in a couple interviews in the summer and said, I can still talk to Steph. I can still talk to Clay. I can still talk to Wiggins. Those are still my brothers. So he didn't, he clearly does not mention Draymond's name, doesn't speak on Draymond's name. So obviously the tension is there. Tension is obvious. You know, it makes sense that Steph, who looked at him as like a little brother, uh, he's the only one at first that kind of acknowledged the pool trade. Then Clay said it again. Uh, Clay said it on the podcast. I don't think it's a big deal. I just think it's obvious that Dre Poole had issues. You go pick the still one of the best defensive players in the league that can help you win now in Draymond, the guy who's a veteran. You pick him over the young guy any times, at 10 times out of 10 because that's the guy who's been there. So I, I don't look at it as a big thing. I'm just interested to see how Chris Paul and Draymond clash because Draymond openly said he never liked Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. So and and they he, both doubled, have, he almost doubled down. Yeah, so we he, have to like talk like men. Yeah, once like or whatever. fuck. Like so now you have huge egos in the locker room. Steph is in there. Clay's in there. What are they gonna do? Kerr's in there. It's very very confusing. And we have footage of Chris Paul kind of like uh, not wanting to accept yeah, the bench role. Yeah. So it's like we'll see how this goes. It's gonna be definitely a lot of a lot of drama. Got more pride and he got more ego than Jordan Poole. Oh yeah, I yeah. mean Jordan Poole don't have he ain't even if he has ego he has nothing that he's earned to give that ego a backup. Yeah. You know, Chris Paul has a Hall of Fame career, so it's like so it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of drama and flair and turmoil with the Golden State Warriors. But the league seems like it doesn't give a fuck because Steph is still box office and they put him on the big time game. So, what are your thoughts on Bob Myers accepting a job at ESPN potentially? He, he is. They said he was close yesterday to accept. That's good deal. for Bob. Good for Bob, Some man. Calm, you know, he could do a couple yeah, days. Of he was uh, he was getting he was getting tired of all this shit. I understand. It's good for Bob, man. I love Bob. Um, did you also see the Austin Reeves quote? He thought it was like a but. Uh, what's that Twitter account? Butt crack sports yeah. or whatever. Uh, with the Chris Paul trade, he thought it was oh, fake. Yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> see, like, he, that he, seems like a troll move. He you know? even knows that that shit was crazy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I get it. I get, I, listen, I passed out when that shit happened. Chris Paul was <laughs> yeah, nuts. Now that video is legendary yeah. of you. Yeah, but you know we're here. Um, we got a nice little cool team. Playoff yeah. team, so be a shame if you didn't make the playoffs. Uh, it'd be a shame if you don't win. Oh wait, no, it always happens. You don't win, so that's awfully negative, Joel. You're a Bulls fan. Oh, jeez, you cooked. Okay, I'll drop. I miss the days when River was actually a Bulls fan. Me too. Cook with that statement earlier. 
They just haven't given me nothing. Uh, we were actually, can I expose you real quick? In the McDonald's line? Uh, what McDonald's? When we were in line for McDonald's, a couple, uh, I don't give a fuck. We're, Riv gets McDonald's twice a month, limits himself, first of all. You know, very proud of you. Um, But we're going through his teams, and he's like, narrowing down the teams. He's like, I'm just going to cut it down, you know, to like four this upcoming year. He's going through, and he leaves the Bulls off. I'm yeah. like, you're going to cut the Bulls from your top <laughs> four? He's like, I think I might have to do it, man. I'm like, what the fuck? It's like, not looking too good, man. Nothing nothing promising over there. I love Zach, though. Zach's cool. Uh, Damar's cool. I like Debo. That's crazy. But then I, I said what I said. I said five. five. You're going you're gonna to allow that. Coming down from, what are you at, 15 now? 14. 14? Yeah. Even after the draft, 14. Yes, it was 14. Okay. It got okay. to 14. It was like nine. Then after the draft, it was 14. 14. Now we're gonna after this season, five. I'm cutting it to five. Oh, uh, five will year. be, I will not do it more. I'm gonna retire that um, that guy of me being a front runner, and I'm just I'm not really even a front runner. I got hella whack teams. I like that's you now. You should just like, embrace it. I, I want to be a different. I want to be viewed in a different light. So, it's so I, I feel like it's so. But you do have the Warriors are your team. Yeah, people understand that's me. Yes. So when Steph goes, I don't know what's gonna happen. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Wizards fan. Let's. I, I'll, I'll be watching. He'll be watching from the sidelines. For sure. I'll be logged in. I'll be watching random Wizards game on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> seeing what's you, going You and 10,000 people <laughs> yeah, across the country. Yeah. I need see what's going on. Yeah, for sure. Seeing what Poole's doing and shit. So, I'm excited. Um, you, you don't want us to make the playoffs? The Warriors? We have Why your are you so scared of us not making the playoffs? We have your top four protected pick. What the f- You are just harping onto that shit, huh? It could potentially. I mean, you guys have the, the drama with uh, Chris Paul and the guys. Jordan Poole leaves. Draymond with Chris Paul. You know, How worse play. can it get from last year? They had a good offseason. It could get bad. You think so? Things get ugly. For it to get worse from last year, we'd have to also be ass on the, uh, at home. I don't think we'd be ass at home. I mean, your problem last year was the bench. You had in Dario Sarge, who looked good in the second half of the year. I've been a huge supporter oh, of Trace Jackson Davis. because if you're excited, I, got it. I can't be excited. Okay. And then you also got Kaminga. And yeah, Kaminga's yeah. cool. If he plays him. And Corey Joseph, you didn't mention him. Yeah, like the 12th man. That's pretty good if Corey Joseph is your seventh player off the bench. So I don't even think he'd be the seventh. Might be like the ninth or tenth. Yeah. He's down there. You think Trace Jackson Davis is better than Corey Joseph? <laughs> I love the fit. Perfect. I can't if be Kerr's excited. If not going to play Kaminga Moses Moody, I don't know. Well, how he, likes the, I mean, he likes the high IQ, smart guys. You know. He felt like he's undersized, 24 years old, and he wasn't he's a what? good shooter. He's 24? Yeah. Hey, I'm not a fan. Damn. But... No, like, I thought he was like 22. Look at the Warriors <laughs> system. It is the undersized bigs with a high feel. He's a good athlete. He, I think he leads Indiana all time in shot blocking. He could protect the rim. Thank you. I appreciate it, dude. And he had a little bit of finishing touch, too. So I think in the pick and You're roll. You're high on him. What's, in what world would he play, though? He'll be that, you know, roll man off the bench. That James Wiseman. Because you said Sark is. Sarch. Sarch would be there. Kamingo's probably going to play the four off the bench. Right. You got Moody. You got Chris Paul. You get and then. Stretch uh, element for AirPods. Dario. AirPods. AirPods going to get more burned than Trace. Yeah, probably. That's five guys I just named. You do know that, right? And then Corey Joseph. He's going to, you know, Kerr's going to play the veteran. <laughs> John's guy. having a malfunction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he didn't realize. He, he didn't realize, yeah. But Trace can definitely earn minutes by a second year. Oh, okay. Well, he's 25. Breakout. Okay. Okay. Hey, Poole could have a year this five breakout. What's age, man? We huh? know. What do you mean? He's in, he likes young guys. The younger, the better. All right, we're, we're losing the... The NBA offseason, really, nothing has really happened. The biggest news so far, though, is that the Hawks are making a push for Pascal Siakam. was on the final year of his deal. He wants a big and lucrative deal. And looking at the trade package the Hawks could get for Siakam, it's intriguing. DeAndre Hunter, A.J. Griffin, and some picks. 
I'm looking at a trio of Trey Young, Pascal Siakam, DeJounte Murray. In the East, that's one of the top trios in the East. No, I think not. it is. I mean, trios because you have to add in that third. If we just do duos and it's Trey and Siakam, however you want to slice it, I'm not a fan of this. I'm not a fan of this fit. I like this move for the Raptors. Like, I like because yeah. at some point they have to make a direction, right? Are they going to try to rebuild? Are they going to try to win a championship? I mean, their team is far away from being an actual competitor in the East, so it would make sense to move off Siakam, but they've been reluctant for years, it seems, now to not move off Pascal. But if they're able to get multiple young players, I'm sure there'll be some picks in there too, and kind of go towards a rebuild. Plus, your pick this upcoming season will likely be higher. That makes all the sense. For the Hawks, it it puts you're obviously a better team with Siakam, but I don't think that puts you over the hump. Like, you're, there's no world where I'm going to be putting you over Boston or Milwaukee. The, the East is kind of ugly right now with the Harden situation. We don't know what's going on there. Um, the Cavs were disappointing, but we're expecting to be better in year two with Donovan Mitchell. But it makes them a fun regular season team, but I don't think they're ceiling the playoffs gets that much higher. The reality is it still wouldn't be a top five trio in the East. I look at this idea. Top five? The, top five, no. They were 21st in uh, three-point percentage yeah, this year. Yeah, Siakam's not going to help You look at that. what the Raptors They will be trading the three-point shooters. That's true. They're one of the worst defenses with arguably the worst space in basketball. So if you pair up Clint Capella and Pascal Siakam at the four and five, that problem does not get any better replacing Hunter, who is a decent shooter at the very least. A solid defender spot. also. A solid defender with Pascal. He might even be more impactful on the defensive end. I like Siakam. Hmm? And Pascal Siakam? Okay, buddy, you, you do too much. What do you mean, Hunter? He's a pinch starter. Yeah, he is a pinch starter. Siakam is an all-star, all-NBA player. Even what he said. John Defense said player. DeAndre Hunter might be more impactful on the defensive end than Siakam. And me and Joel looked at each other. I mean, look at the Raptors' defense. It's been a total mess outside of OG Anobi. So I kind of... Siakam's a better off-ball defender. Sure, he is an impactful one. But I just make the point, he does not solve their issues. Oh, no, yeah. And you look at the Eastern Conference, you've got the Bucks trio, the 76ers with Harden for now. You've got the Cavaliers, the Miami Heat, even with Tyler Hero, that's a better trio. And I'm forgetting Even one the team, just... the Celtics, with Chris Anzorzingis. So you're still a six seed, and I look at the DeJounte Murray move. You just extended him. I'm like, him, Pascal, and Trey, they don't actually compliment or really look. I wouldn't say Pascal doesn't compliment Trey because of his playmaking, but if neither of these two guys are good floor spacers, I don't think it's a guy that doubled down. <sighs> the Raptors have had a pretty good defense the last couple of years. 12th in defense rating this season. Last season, they were 10th. The year before, they were 15th. I mean, it's not horrible. It's no, not this last That's actually season. great. Yeah, it's, it's not a disaster. This last season, they were 17th. They added in Pirtle, and they were top 10. Oh, yeah, Pirtle did. But 17th is still good. It's middle of the pack. They I mean, below if you're 17th, your offense needs to cook. I mean, they're 17th yeah, with no cook. real center. Yeah. I th- yeah. I, what I think, I think the Raptors have been asking a little bit too much out of Pascal Siakam because he's a foreign man, and you're asking him to play center and play bigger than he actually is on, on numerous nights. The fit is odd. Trade DeJounte Siakam. It doesn't sound like a great fit. But the Hawks have to do something. They're not going to get over the hump with DeAndre Hunter or an A.J. Griffin development in year two. They need to make a move. And if they sign, if they trade for Siakam, they sign him long term, you at least have a chance to build around Trey and Siakam. You can trade DeJounte because his contract isn't that much and maybe get pieces to complement them. But the Hawks have to make a move. And right now, the East, to me, feels vulnerable. And I think the Hawks... If they can mesh and figure something out, this could be a dark horse. Vulnerable, vulnerable when the Heat and the Celtics just went back to the f- ACF again. And we're expecting the Heat to get Dame. The, Hawks, the, the Hawks just improve. took the Celtics to six games with no Siakam. It's okay. true, but Fraudulent. the rationale last all season 
When the Hawks lost in five games to the Heat, that they needed to make a move. He shot that shit really deep. It's one of the worst days of Twitter. Um, Sorry. Sorry, we were talking (laughs) about the Trey Young three. Um, But trios. Just because you need to make a move doesn't have to This isn't the move. So what do the Hawks do? They have to sit. Why would you trade your best shooters for Pascal Siakam? Because Siakam can do so much more than I can. But he doesn't fit. Siakam is a great player. I'm not saying he's not a great player. He can do so much more for a team. But... I don't think he comes to Atlanta and fix their deficiency. I don't think he's that type of player for them. Unless they move off Clint, you know. But even then, they still have Onyeka, who's a solid mid-range shooter, really good mid-range shooter. But at the same time, you're still going to sit on that Onyeka mid-range jump jump shot, three-pointer. You're going to sit on that DeJounte jump shot. No spacing for Trey Young. Like, I think this isn't the move they should make. DeAndre Hunter, A.J. Griffin, they may not blossom in the pass out Siakam. You never know. Definitely not DeAndre Hunter. A.J. Griffin, we don't know. But those are two guys that complement Trey Young very well in form of they space the floor. DeAndre Hunter's a solid defender, strong, physical. I don't think this is the move they should do because even if you lock yourself up with Siakam long-term, it's not a guarantee you could bring in more pieces that could complement. You still have Bogdanovich on a big contract. You're going to have to pay on Yekka soon. Um, DeJounte, you'll have to find a trade partner for him and not many teams he can fit. So I think sitting yourself on this deal, I don't I don't know if this is a deal for I think in a vacuum it, it sounds good, but I don't think this is the move Atlanta should make. Because I don't think like you said, I don't you're still gonna have to play one of them top five teams in the East, and I don't think this is the move that gets you to the ECF. It really does depend on what you're giving up, right? If you have to include Kobe Buffkin to that seeing him play a game, that's one of the young guys here that could become a pretty good starter. I don't know if he's ever gonna be as good of a shooter. He won't be as Kevin Herter. That's a potential, you know, $20 million player down the line. A good score to compliment Trey Young. So, yeah, if I were Quinn Snyder, I don't think this is the right type of move. Because you look at his teams in Utah, it was four on out with one big in and Rudy Gobert. Later. With Pascal Siakam, he's going to have to play the four. He's not a small ball five the way we saw in Toronto. He can in pinches, no doubt about it. And he may solve their bench issues, which DeJounte Murray simply didn't do last year. That's kind of the whole reason they traded three first-round picks for the guy. But in the end— DeJounte uh, was good in the playoffs. Respect him. He was good. So but Trey, but Trey Young amazing. was off the court. The Hawks were No, of course. I know, yeah. yeah. But respond, he was good in the playoffs. Show the some thing, though, respect. is that, listen, I, I think you make a sound argument. The later years in Utah, sure. The early years in Utah was Rubio, Donovan Mitchell, Derek Favors, Derek Gobert. Gobert. Yeah, how did that work out for them? They made it out the first round. They never made it to the conference finals in either year with, with Utah, even when they what got to the spacing. That was 2017. But the point was, the league's changed. It's not good to have two non-shooters in your starting lineup. If Pascal Siakam is not the move, then what is the move? Because if it's nothing right now, I, I think Siakam works, but because I think train Siakam that that fits right. I think Dejounte, but to Dejounte's credit, he his three-point percentage went to about 35 percent from his previous season yeah. in San Antonio. So if he's able to continue his three-point success and he becomes a 35, 36 percent three-point shooter. Then it works. You still have a pretty small backward, even with Kobe Bufkin, who's you know six, six four. four six, it's still it's just when Trey Young is your one. And listen, we all think Trey Young's fantastic. When Trey Young's the best player on your team, it's hard for me to sit here and be like, you're going to get to a championship. We just throughout the history of basketball, like outside of Steph Curry, there's not many guys that are six foot taking teams to championship. The margin for error is slim, and that's why you can't double down rushing on a move the way so, they um, do with Murray. And on the Murray point. He's gotten a little bit better shooter. He raises his ball. I actually five have attempts. the numbers. He's a He's 52% a cr- in the left corner, 31% in the right Stop corner. Stop that bullshit. He's a 33% career three point shooter. I was going to help you. I was going to help you. Wait, hold on. I was going to help you out to tell you he's not that good of a shooter. 
Oh. Yeah. See? But you see where you jumped to fucking conclusions? It's just one simple stat. <laughs> he was 34 and a half last year, though, on five attempts. That's that wasn't fine. bad. But for a starting shooting guard, that's well below average. Yeah. Well, yeah. But this is the thing, and this is what I think you're He's missing. With the bro. open looks, too. Trey's opening up. Shoots 47% in the mid-range, though. That's actually kind of hard. If I'm the Hawks, I'm trying that's, by that's all bad. means. That's good. I'm trying to keep A.J. Griffin on the team. I'm okay with trading Hunter. I'll even trade in Kobe Bufkin instead of trading away A.J. Griffin just because the really? size and three-point shooting. That's valid. Yes, I know yeah. you're high on Kobe Bufkin. I get, but I get it. I get it. I get it. Two undersized guards. But they do need a backup guard, though. More. Makes more sense. Atlanta. But if you have Trey, DeJounte, and Siakam, the benefit of having mm-hmm. all those three guys, listen, I know the spacing might hurt, but spacing is not everything. Even Ooh, if you... Spacing is like the most important thing. I don't think it's everything when the players around... That said, star player mm-hmm. aren't great. They're pinch starters. And Atlanta right now, DeAndre Hunter is an average NBA starter. AJ Griffin can develop, but right at this point, he's an average NBA starter. Mm-hmm. You're basically asking a lot out of Trey Young to carry a team that lacks talent and for him to create everything for that team. Where, yeah, you hurt in spacing if you trade for Siakam, but one, we have to recognize something. Siakam is an all-NBA player, and what you're trading for him is basically essentially a bag of chips to go get Pascal Siakam. There's no move that is going to come up where an all-NBA player is on the last year of his contract, (laughs) and you don't have to trade much to go get him. The benefit of having Siakam is that now you have DeJounte, Trey, and Siakam who can all facilitate and create for themselves in the offense, and that makes it a lot easier. And now, who knows if... Trey Young has a resurgence in his shooting percentage this upcoming season because every year, every other year, it seems to happen. Mm -hmm. If Trey Young can be an efficient, deep-range shooter with DeJounte and Siakam giving you average production from there, I don't think it hurts that much. Um, Fred Van Vliet's all-star year two seasons ago, Siakam shot 36% on catch-and-shoot threes. So so Siakam is capable of being average, and I think having all the skill sets that Siakam brings you to the team is more valuable than having two good three-point shooters that don't offer anything else offensively. I, th- I think it's the flexibility that the Hawks would be giving up because, of course, DeAndre Hunter, A.J. Griffin, whatever the package is, you're probably not going to be able to get someone uh, of Siakam's caliber. But if you're able to pair DeJounte Murray, who just got 30 mil, his contract, with the young pieces and the picks, now you could probably get someone who could have a real impact and fit Trey better. So even though you're, the value for Siakam is fantastic – the flexibility you have down the road becomes a lot less. You're a lot tighter in terms and of there's a reason why you're getting. Siakam shot 34 percent on wide open threes this past season. Was, yeah, 34 percent on wide open and open. It's threes. interesting because in 2020 he took six a game and made 36 percent, but in the year since he's had such a huge be tired on-ball shit. role, and it. he's going to continue being tired of shit. This is on, the last two years yeah, he's been getting the Luol Dane treatment. He's playing he's 38 gonna, minutes a game. I know he's literally hey, back to back years. Luol Dane was a dog. He was, but my issue is a legend. The reason why Pascal Siakam's season is 2021? 2020. It's because he has one year left in his contract. Mm-hmm. And if this upcoming season does not work out well, he's not obligated to the Hawks. He no longer can get that max, max contract. And honestly, we, we've seen the Hawks not want to spend a time. I know they just paid DeJounte, but we've seen the Hawks move off pieces to not go into the luxury tax. If Siakam has an all NBA season, now you got to pay him the super max. Are they going to, ownership going to be willing to pay him that? The Hawks, to me, are already on a trajectory where it seems like they're going to eventually blow things up. So I think this is a last resort move because I don't see another star becoming available unless it's Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. And, and that, you know, is a needle mover. But how much would you have to trade for that? It's significantly way more. Yes, Embiid is a significantly better player, but we're talking about assets that the Hawks won't 
have to trade and make a lucrative package for Joel Embiid. They have something right now that can at least go get an all-NBA player. I'm looking at the Eastern Conference, though. Trey Young, Pascal Siakam, DeJounte Murray, where does this rank in top trios in the East? The Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis, Middleton, and Drew. Clears. Big, big Giannis. The Bucks. The Celtics, Tatum, Brown, Celtics. and Doesn't really Porzingis. matter who's the third guy. I'm taking Porzingis. Porzingis. Could have been Derek White. Derek White. The Sixers with Embiid, Harden, and Maxi. Sixers. Oh, Sixers. Still taking. Maxi be whooping their ass. The Cavaliers with Mitchell, Garland, and Mobley. I think I'm taking I'll go the Cavs. Cleveland. It's a closer one, but you it still is close. But rock I'm with Cleveland's close versatility. For sure. It's a better fit between the three players. I'll, I'll, I'm projecting on Garland and Mobley getting better, so I'd go them guys. The New York Knicks: Jalen Brunson, Randall, and RJ. This is this is the one. This is where it gets dicey. Yeah. Uh, Siakam's better than RJ. Um, Siakam's better than Randall. Siakam's better than Randall. Siakam's Siakam arguably the best player yeah. here between him and Brunson. I think it's basically like the 24th and 23rd best players. So in I guess the NBA. it's Dejounte. Dejounte RJ. Dejounte versus yeah. Randall. And Randall then, in the playoffs just. Drops oh, I'm sorry. Off. I forgot Trey Young existed. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Trey Young versus Jalen. If Trey Young's I'll on the Hawks, you're I'll taking go the Hawks trio over Atlanta. the Knicks. Probably. It's close. I'm sorry. Went to the second round, man. Listen, Jalen Brunson gets his Jalen Brunson gets his flowers. That's a lot closer. That's the closest match of here, you know. Yeah, that's where I think that's where Atlanta falls around that area. The Miami Heat, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler. Taking Miami. And who's the third? Just the two is better than the three. Yeah, I'll take Miami. Even if they don't get no Dame. Yeah, comfortably take Miami. Chicago Bulls, Levine, Zach, and Javon Carter. Ah. Javon <laughs> Carter, shout to Javon. Say Vooch, bro. Respect. Vooch. He played good. Say Patrick year. Williams. Uh, I would. I think I would lean uh, the Hawks. This is where I'd go with the Hawks. Yeah, you probably go Atlanta because of Siakam addition. Yeah. I mean, look, this Pascal is Siakam is a top twenty-five player and a borderline All NBA guy. It's just the fit here is really the big holdup. And for Quinn Snyder, he needs to build his team a specific way. Fact. Send us Dejounte in four uh, first rounders. We'll give him Zach. Four first. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's they, a great they fit. They haven't got picks. They just gave them up for DeJounte. Yeah. Yeah. The so, so they're ranked, what, six? We had them ranked like six, six fifth yeah. around there? Yeah. Well, I mean, yes. listen, if Trey Young is surely that guy, what about, what about that guy that they're comparing to Luka that everybody seems to think that he's in a, on a similar level to? Who thinks that? Gilbert Arenas, Draymond wow, Green. Trace. You know, they all <laughs> But the think guys that. who play. Well, uh, guys. Sure. Yeah. sure. Guys Draymond plays against Trey. Sure. If you're interviewing Trey Young, you can say, well, you know, you average the same amount of assists and points. Why aren't you talking about with Luka Doncic? But there's quite clearly a gap given. Oh, Draymond's a smart guy. We know guy. it's a gap. Given and I'm ones. saying that if Trey Young is that guy who he once led his team to the conference finals, you at, since that time you've added an all-star, you added an all-NBA player with Siakam, there's expectations. I'm not saying Dre's right, but Dre's a smart guy when it comes to basketball. He, he, he does know his basketball. So, but I'm not saying I agree. You can agree. You can so disagree. He, Dre's a great interviewer. We'll just leave it at that. Hey, I'm surprised you didn't say uh, the Nets. Mikael, Cam, Clax, Clax. It's a dog shit trio. That's a hell of number threes on uh, as a trio. Hey, you get a Into number one maybe. instead of Cam Johnson. Oh, We're talking. That, yeah. That's tough. Like a guy like KD, maybe. Nuts. <laughs> he was just there. I'm not uh, moved by that uh, shit at all. Yeah. Ah, Atlanta, fuck it, right? Do it. I, I thought Siakam would have been nice in like Indiana or something. That would have been tough. I, I that'd thought be that would have nice. been nice. Now they get Jairus. Yeah, they have Obi Toppin. They got Obi. Okay. So what Come is the perfect Pascal Siakam destination via trade? Sacramento. Ooh, best Siakam fit. I Siakam think and Sabonis, another weird one. 
It's a better one than Capella and uh, Siakam. Simone's going to hit him like, on those cuts. I do like Indy. You got Miles who can shoot. I'm trying to think of bigs. Like I think Indiana is perfect. Um, like, literally perfect. You yeah. got Halley. You got shooters on the wings. Um, you got Miles Turner who can space the floor. I, I like that one a lot. Other teams, I mean. Mavericks. The Mavericks also is another Mavericks, one. Yeah. Um, damn. Top of my dome ski. I'm going to be honest. If the Mavericks get Siakam, it's over for the over for the West is nuts, Over but they're definitely the they walk up to one of the favorites. Over for, for sure. the West is yeah. just no, so they, they they're in the top three. Like with just the to Lakers say that is just yeah, like just to be able to say that openly and be okay. Luka MVP is. baby. Okay, the favorite you're picking the favorite to win. C- congrats, you made a hot take. I don't I don't look at sports books. Sorry, you're a liar. You're a you're a degenerate gambler. I don't look at sports books. I haven't gambled in. Were you not betting on preseason last night, bro? No. Okay, I doubt it. I don't. G was that's a freak. Was he? Yeah. Really? Jay sent yes. over 30 yards. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> took that over. My goodness. I don't think, yeah, outside of Indiana and the Kings, there isn't many per, like okay, great seats. Yeah, Pascal is a specific player you need to build around. Okay, see, so would be good. Yeah, because then they, yo, that'd be actually be fire. Shout out to, yeah. Yeah, shout out to five. See, I come at the four. They play Williams at the three. Giddy's the only problem. You know, uh, the numbers with Giddy off the court actually like a lot better, right? And he can't Head shoot. Head to the Knicks. Where is he going to play? And anywhere. Okay. It doesn't matter. Make it work, six minutes. Make yeah. it work. Figure it out. Yeah, no, that's you believe that those be, numbers. Huh? You, you just told me numbers? about the DeJounte numbers. Where's, where's the sample? No, I'm just asking, do you believe those numbers? From what I watched. You think OKC is better without getting I th- Yeah, I think numbers are weird because I think when you look at on and off numbers and the team isn't good when they're on the court, but then you watch the game, you're like, no, wait a minute. This team still is all right. I, I don't know. I, I think Giddy's good with them. I think he's just the jumper is the problem. And there's no bag. It's fucking awful. Is to figure out that it's bag. Impre- it's honestly more. He's one of the more impressive players because he could no, get to the rim with no back. It's insane. Yeah, like it's hilarious <laughs> that he can do it. But no, I think I think they're still a good team. Passing gravity. So if we're ranking, yeah. if we're ranking Pascal Siakam top destinations, where's he rank as a player? I, I think he's a top thirty-five player. What? You just called him all NBA. I was gonna say twenty-five. Yeah, like, best he can 20, he's all NBA. God damn! Uh, he's top thirty player. Top thirty, sure. I think he's oh, a firm yes, flat, comfortable. Uh, twenty-five feels more like thirty-five. You know, tight. The high thirty-five like seventeen <laughs> high teens. You cannot get to seventeen. Yeah, I think I could. You're, then, at that point, you're pushing. Pascal versus Paul George. Paul George well, is Paul comfortably George. better. Right, but some people maybe can make the case. Stop, stop making it a some people thing. We're talking about us for the table. Yeah. He's to me around the 20, 24th. I say twenty two, twenty eight is his. You just said he got to seventeen. Now no, because he, he was talking about other people. He was trying to add other people. That's what it was. Okay. On like a Pascal Siakam twenty twenty two season, like his ceiling seventeen, his games? or thirty or some shit, or forty eight maybe that year. Um, Did you ever believe in that team? No, of course okay. not. <laughs> but they almost took Philadelphia to seven games. I think you mean Philly out. choked a couple they did, games as they usually do. The Hawks aren't a great fit for Pascal Siakam. And we named three teams that I think are the top three teams for Pascal Siakam in terms of fit, destination-wise. The Mavericks, for me, are number one. If they can find a way to, to land Pascal Siakam, everyone in the match. Kyrie Irving, Luka Doncic, to, um, Pascal Siakam. They, they got your boy, Grant Williams. He do, they do. They got why, your boy. Why they need Siakam? They got Grant. Because we know Siakam's that <laughs> man. And it, that could be their center. They don't have a you, center. You, you be being so unfun. Number one destination should be OKC. Let's see somebody new. Number one is Dallas. Number two is oh, OKC. No, number one is fit OKC. Fit-wise, I think Indiana's number one. Oh, fit-wise. Fit-wise, Yeah, but for no fun longer. for fun vibes, for fun, OKC, OKC gets, now the timeline gets yeah, pushed now up. Get now to it's see, like, yeah, all right, let's get a four team seed. stack the decks I like a Kevin Durant fan would. I just want to see Luka win that championship, baby. Of course you do. You're a Luka fan. You're a KD fan. I'm an Anthony Edwards fan. Anthony Edwards fan. What other James t- Harden fan. James Harden fan. Now we're kind of falling off. 
Yeah, we fell off a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, so you, you admit KD has not fallen off. Oh, Katie's still a top 10 oh, okay. player in the world. It, it don't sound like it, by the way you talk no, about it. No, but we went from Katie to Luca to Ann. That's yeah. a fall off. Big. Big. I mean, Harden. Stop. You know, Ann's going. He's yeah. soon. Stop. Soon. We're talking about today. Soon. Yeah, stop. Yeah, we're talking about today. Soon, yeah, and man. today, I think See, that it's he a fall will off. be then. Yeah, but today, that's a fall today, off. Today, he will be. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fall off. It goes from Katie, Luca to Ann. It's a fall off. It's so okay. the top three is oh, the Mavericks, the Pacers, and OKC. OKC is good. Shea, Giddy, Williams. Siakam, Chet. I like so, that. Someone's got to go. Someone's got to go if they, they trade Dorts. Siakam. In a plethora of picks. Throw them, throw them shits That's out. true. They do have throw fucking 40 Wallace. picks in the next 10 years. Ah, try to keep Ken Rich Williams. Throw them, uh, you could throw them Terrence, Trey Mann, Lou Dortz, Jalen Williams to back up, and seven first, no, five first round, four first round picks. Are there and AJ Griffin? Yeah. Really? Think so. In the four first round picks? I guess yeah, if I'm getting. Don't sleep. Don't sleep. What picks am I getting? What OKC picks am I getting? We got a plethora of picks. You can get anything you want, bro. Just nothing 2024. Yeah. Riv has been locked into Team USA recently. He watches all the ex- exhibition it, games. On uh, me, I'm, I'll be watching Monday Night Raw. Mm. You know, watching Seth Rollins. I don't know if you've seen the entrance early on. Seth Rollins, uh-huh. he was wearing the, the yellow boots, the Crocs. Oh, uh, the ones with Lil Durk hat on in a yeah. music video? But Seth Rollins popped in little eyes at first on Raw. You know, Seth Rollins came out. Lil Durk did that music entrance. video two months ago. Oh, really? Yeah. I had no idea. Of course I, you did. I saw Rollins wear it first. Sorry. But you've been, watching, sure you've been watching Team USA. Which young player on Team USA do you think is going to learn the most from this experience, take it into next season, and ascend their game to mm-hmm. a different level? Um, So you want me to go select and USA team? Just USA team. Okay, well, I'm going to do select too also. Because you're th- going to pick Kate Cunningham. Well, I was going to say also Jalen Green. I think Jalen Green also is going to get a lot of, um, you know. I love Jalen Green. Jalen Green's also going to get a lot of confidence from this. You know, playing against guards like Ant, Trey, uh, not Trey, I'm sorry, Tyrese Halliburton, Jalen Brunson, that just only up levels your game. And then playing next to Kate, a point guard like him, you know, he's going to be playing with Eamon, Fred Vivlin. He was playing a lot. If you saw in the scrimmages, he's playing a lot of off ball. Wasn't really getting the ball too much. He was cutting. He was running on the fast break. So that's going to help him a little bit in the season. Obviously, Cade, don't need to talk too much about it. USA, I feel like you guys are all going to go Ant, so I'm going to go a different pick here. Not to say Ant's not going to learn a lot from this experience, but I think Boncaro is the one guy that's really going to learn a lot. You know, a year, a rookie, going into, after his rookie year, going to play FIBA with all, one of the best players in the world, Tyrese, uh, Jalen Brunson, Ann Edwards, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Bobby, Bobby Portis. Portis. I had to add him just because, you know, Chicago Bull. Um, but Von Carroll is going to learn so much from this experience as a young player, just pace and space, evolving his game. I think this is the one guy, especially playing with point guards like Halley, Jalen Brunson, you're going to be able to learn too much. And then coaching tree of Steve Kerr, Spo, um, blanking Mark Few. Like, it's from Gonzaga. You didn't know that. Um, there, there's there's so many coaches in the coaching tree. He was sta- he was staring at me. That's why there's so many coaches to learn from. It's it's going to be an exciting experience for him. He's going to bring a lot to an Orlando team that's ready to compete, that's ready to make that next transition into the play in the playoffs. So this is something he can bring as a leader to this team that needs a lot of that juice. Now everybody is expecting me to say the one guy, the man, the myth, the legend, Anthony, the Goat Edwards. Man, the but Anthony the Goat led, what, what, Anthony the Goat Edwards. Here's this the is thing. year three, right? You know, in year four. three, Dwayne Wade. Oh, damn. 
It's what it worked. It didn't work. Year three, Dwayne Wade won uh finals. Yeah, he's a legend. That's a that's a real legend, Third man. Myth. Year two, he almost went to the finals too. ECF. That's a real man myth and legend. He, if he didn't get hurt that year, they're going to the finals and going head to head San Antonio. Man myth legend. NBA was much Jason weaker than I think. Year, he put he played. He played. Well, hold on. Have you put Edwards on those? He played the Detroit Pistons. I think Edwards. He played the Detroit Pistons. If you put Edwards on the Heat and he gets those many foul calls, I mean, has Ant dunked on LeBron yet? Tatum did rookie year. ECF. I just awesome. told him he wasn't the first. This guy tried to say that the 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 comp D Wade played was weak, as if he didn't play the Pistons. <laughs> they had you no see offense. the agenda pushing. <laughs> they had the best defense else? damn near ever in our era. Now listen, and he up. played the Pacers. Anthony Edwards, I think, will take a significant leap next year. How significant? <sighs> Is his BPM going to improve though? <laughs> I think all the event, the Raptors, and that on off. I think all of them improve. Uh, but listen, I'm gonna give another <laughs> name that's not Anthony Edwards. Because you know everybody's expecting that, and I've been reading a lot about Team USA. I've been I've been reading about I've been reading about um, players that other players have said. You know this guy's standing out. And Rev, you're correct. That's Jaron Jackson Jr. won the award, didn't you know, he? Yeah, Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, this past season, 19 points per game, seven rebounds, Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, with this the, tra- the trajectory he's on is he's going to be viewed as if he can continue this trajectory, one of the best interior defenders of this era. I, I believe that. The knock I've always had on the Grizzlies was the half-court offense. And I don't know if Rev remembers, we've had a lot of debates on this table. But whenever we've talked about the Grizzlies, I've said the guy that has we, to take the biggest leap, we have said, we've said is Jaron Jackson Jr. If right. Jaron Jackson Jr. can take his game from, I'm not, not replacement all-star, I'm talking about, an all-NBA-level player. I'm talking about the offense becoming 23 a game, efficient from three. He's a dominant interior presence on the offensive side. Then I think the Grizzlies take a serious leap, and that big three of JJJ and Desmond Bain becomes a lot more menacing. And I think Jaron Jackson, with John Morant being out the first 25 games, he's going to have a chance to enforce himself as an offensive player. And I think he can learn from this experience and take it to the regular season and if the Grizzlies, with JJJ taking a leap, Desmond Bain getting better, John Morant adding somebody like Marcus Smart, mm. the heart and soul to a team, I think Memphis can be much improved. And then I can finally put them in a tier with the other top teams in the West as a legit playoff team. But I think this team's future and potential rides on Jaron Jackson Jr. Taking Jaron over Bam? I am. Mm. You heard that, Ruth? We had our conversation about Don't it. wink no, at me, No bro. comment at that? They were I arguing just, for like my 30 only, minutes my the other only day about problem this. With the way, like my only problem with his argument is that he makes it a clearing, as if Jaron Jackson just comfortably clears. Did he make it a clearing? No, it's not a clearing. He does. He said he says he's taking him 10 times and he's not even thinking about it. it. That's, it that's, that's my problem. That's, you're you're not thinking how, about it. You, you, you want to know how I view it, Dells? We're in a dynasty. We're in a dynasty league. Mm-hmm. We're taking players for the future. I'm looking at JJJ and Bam. Oh well, yeah, I'm, I'm taking age. I'm taking Jaron ten times out of ten. That's what that's I mean. That's, that's not how you were crazy. No, that's what right. I mean in my context. That was Bam I mean. 26. 25, 26, something like that. Jaron's like twenty two. Him and Tatum are around the same so age. So let, yeah. let me ask you something, Riv. Justin Jefferson, are you taking him ten times out of ten over any other receiver in the NFL? Okay, but you know why? You know why I'm going to take him in Dell's notes because I think he's better than every receiver I've ever seen. That's the difference. But, he, but okay. that's not a good comp because Jettis is on pace to break every record known to man. I know, but every record is that although he. He's taking Jettas into him. It's a clearing. I mean, you can't forget about Devontae Adams when healthy, about Cooper Cup when healthy, okay. about Jamar Chase when he's, he's But he's put up better numbers than all those Here's guys. the difference. He, the, it, this, this is why your analogy is flawed, because has Devontae Adams been an anchor for a, a team that's went to two finals? 
No. 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 But has Jefferson been? That's but that's like my thing. He hasn't even been a naked for a team that won a playoff game. No, yet. but that's my thing. Football is so completely different. And you're comparing Jaron Jackson, a player who's amazing defensive, we can all agree, one of the best room protectors in basketball, an anchor for the Memphis Grizzlies, to a guy who's literally, quite literally, the anchor for a Miami Heat team that's went to the finals, the ECF, and then the finals. Yes, he lost. Jaron Jackson lost in the first round. Well, I think, you know, if the Heat face the Lakers in the first round, they'll lose what too. The hell does that, not, what, that's what oh, we're doing competition matters. Wow. It does. Wow. Well, what I'm telling you, though, is that the you're taking, even though Jettas is close to other receivers and skill set right yeah. now in the league, I, I think Jefferson is... he is, cooking, John? I not think, at all. I though. think Jefferson is the best receiver in the league, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. But I also think there's other receivers closer to him, but the reason why Jettas is clearly above and beyond over guys like Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams is because of the age factor. I'm just saying with me, when it comes to Jaron Jackson Jr. and Bam Adebayo, Given that JJJ is three years younger, I would take him ten if times out of ten. Yes, I would. Cross, cross no, sport comparison. He never bro, did. The most receiving yards ever by a wide receiver. Second, you have Randy Moss. Seven hundred yards above him is Justin Jefferson. In so the to first compare what seasons, just, first three seasons. Okay, but Justin Jefferson to compare Justin Jefferson and Jaron Jackson is crazy. Justin Jefferson last year was the best receiver in football. Jaron yes. Jackson is not yes. the best defender in basketball. Right now, he just won defensive player of the year. That he was award does not mean the best defender. He's a better defender than Bam Adebayo. Uh, it's, Justin it's, Jefferson, it's so within three years, established himself so as the best wide receiver, arguably weapon in who football. Was the best, who was the best wide no. receiver last year, last season? Cooper Cup. Jetta was no, no, also no, no. in the conversation. No, 2022. Oh, Justin Cooper Jefferson. Cup. Okay, who was the best wide receiver in 2021? Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Who was who, in the conversation? Who was the best wide receiver in 2020? He was a rookie. Jettas was a rookie. Right. Right. So you're telling me one year, Jefferson has been but those, the best but, wide receiver. But when you come has not when you come not like the league like three years in a row. He was top this five his rookie year, bro. Jackson has <laughs> yes, he's top five. He was top his rookie but year. But I'm saying that it's only been one year where he's truly been the best wide receiver. Jared I'm Jackson. taking Jettas because of age and because I think he is better. I'm taking Jared Jackson over Bam. What stopped Jettas is being a rookie. Top five, Cooper Cup historic season, play. and then he was the best. Jaron Jackson has no case whatsoever being the best player in his position. Jettas did by his first year in the league. Okay, sure. This isn't a Jaron Jackson Jr. And nobody had Cup number one going analogy. into last year. I this brought is the one. analogy. You, people brought, said Jamar Chase was number one. I know. That was nuts. I, I said, said, no, justify why Jaron's better than Bam. It's not that Jaron is comparable to Jefferson. Jefferson is leaps of bounds in his position the best. We're comparing the age factor and You've why you would that, clearly but, take a But also, Jettis is 22 and, and Cup and Tay are like 30. This is a three-year difference between Bam you, and you never made that. You never made that apparent, it's, though, it's when you crazy. first were talking yeah, about yeah. the conversation. You never made that apparent you never asked age. Me. Did you because ask you me? were talking about, you said generational rim protector. It he was a generational rim protector. But we talked about, we already John. have Gobert who's generational rim protector. He's also what, John? Generational. AD who's generational. He's Yes. Pause. You lied about age. Hold on. His Wait a minute. Defensive Wait a minute. Hold impact. on. Because this age Was shit is nuts. Jared Jackson turns 24 in September. Bam is 26. Where, where when does he turn 27? Next year. There is no big July. age his factor. Birthday. July 18th. <laughs> yeah, what's what's July. Sign? Next How summer. What's his birthday on the top of your head? Because he's a big fan of Bam. We know that. He's got pro. This, uh, this whole age factor is not even a big gap. Two years. It's like a year and a half, honestly. Jared turns 24 in September. He's already more injury prone than Bam. And that's a fact. 
Bam, it turns 27 next summer. Some and then question. Jared's going to turn 26. They, they're two years, yeah, they're two two years, years apart. Like, what are we doing? Why are you making a big age so thing? The age for you has always been a big thing. Whether, yeah, when rookies come in. When a rookie's 20 versus 22, but now it doesn't no, matter. No, 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 no. Age, no, no. Dels, he's <laughs> capping about Age is I'm a difference. No, no, I'm not look, capping. And I'm explaining. Age is a difference when a 24-year-old <laughs> rookie comes in as opposed to a 20-year-old. That's when I'm like, ah, shit looks funny. So let me not ask you. This. Both at their best. You think Bam out of bio. Both at their no, best. I think Jared's a higher peak. Okay, high, and I'm taking Jaren 10 times out of 10 off that higher peak. I believe he, he gets to. Okay, I think, okay. that's fine. That's, 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 that's going off potential. Never, that's going off potential. Off potential. I've, I've never once stated Jaren Jackson Jr. currently today is clearly a better player than Bam. Did you not I've just not. say that? No, I've never You're said not. that. Did you I've just never say I can said take Jaren over Bam 10 times out of 10? Yes, I've said it because off the peak, not off of what they are potential, not potential. Because Jaren can literally not his potential. That's why I gave you the, the, the dynasty league analogy. That's why I Because he's still a streaky-ass shooter. We're still waiting for I don't think he ever made that clear that he's going this based off potential. He's never made it clear. He never made it clear. You never asked me. Because you said you lost me a generational rim. That's when I stopped. I was like, "You're done. You're trolling." Is he not his problem? He's DPOY. He's just one DPOY. Twenty. So, would they have better rim protector than Gobert AD? I asked him. He said AD was a better rim protector than Gobert. Yeah, three generations. Is Jared Jackson a better defender than Bam Adebayo? Yes, overall he is. Okay. Overall? So let's say yes, is. overall he is. It's all, all, them, all them defensive advanced analytics you love to use, Jaron Jackson is clearly over Bam out of bounds. No, he's no he's no in that? rim protection, rim deterrence. We're talking about guarding in space, guarding the pick and roll, guarding, guarding on the perimeter, yeah. manning the paint. Mind you, Bam Bam has no help. Bam has no help whatsoever. Even without, playing the even without Steve And Jaron Jackson's in the bottom of the league in defensive difficulty. So even, don't even get me started on if he guards Adam. one-on-one even, matchups. Because Bam is better at that. Even without the even without the help of Steven Adams, Jaron Jackson Jr. still anchors defensive lines for the Grizzlies at a high level. Yes, one line. He's also foul prone and has that impact on defense. It matters because he can't play center full time. It also he it matters that he get better at that. Per game. Oftentimes he's off the floor. And Steven Adams helps moments. a lot. Like Man a lot. Is the Man defense. was out there with Kevin Love. What are we doing, <laughs> bro? And they were anchoring an he's elite the, defense, one bro. Player in the league Who is Jaron out there? In the playoffs with, bro. He they was with their Santi Aldama. Who was he? Who? Dylan Brooks. They Come lost on. in round one. We all Xavier had the Grizzlies. Tillman. You act like he's played. Oh, he's like, he's, no, wait. You, whoa. You stop. 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 Anthony Davis. Tillman, you can't Don't use. Nah, Tillman, yeah, Tillman, That's you can't crazy. use. Tillman, yeah. you can't use. And you act like he played with all his playoff series without Steve well, Adams. Listen. Bam Adebayo, I think, is better at guarding in, in space. I think he's a better all, overall all, defender. All, he's although, a better defender. Although, although Jaron Jackson, his length allows him to recover for sure. more often. Even though Bam's athleticism I allows think, him to I recover. I think the gap between the rim deterrence and okay, what they fair. can do on the perimeter. That's more important. So Jaron Jackson is better. I think Jaron Jackson, yes, Bam Adebayo is an elite defender guarding perimeter. Jaron Jackson, if he's not elite, he's great. He can, no, no. For, for his position, he's a great Jaren, perimeter defender. Jaron Jackson is an elite rim protector. That's, yes. He's an elite, and rim protection is the most important. He's not important. anything below average. No, I, I agree. He, elite uh, rim protection is the most important defensive skill in basketball for manning an elite defense. So that's why if you want to say, Jaron, you would rather Jaron, I understand that. But if we're talking overall defense, which takes into account everything on the defensive side of the ball, Bam Adebayo is better than Jaron Jackson because he's not a below average rim protector. He's not, and he's elite at everything he's outside not an the paint. No, he's like not. Jared. But Jaron Jackson not an elite in switches. He's not elite on the perimeter. Bam is that. 
Yeah, he can't be a rim protector when he's guarding on the perimeter and then running. He can't be a rim protector when he has to go in and pick guard Trey Young and then got to get back to the rim because Tyler Hero is going to get burned. He cannot do that. And beyond that, we know Jaron Jackson's offering more resistance at the rim. Opponents shoot like 8% worse. Oh, for sure. But he also fouls a lot. But he averages four fouls a game for his career, the regular and postseason. He's gotten better in the last two seasons. No, he really hasn't. He really has, though. Barely. He has. And the reason that matters (laughs) is because he can't play center full-time. And Bam Adebayo can. Bam Adebayo is a better playmaker. He's can, more productive. Can you they trust Steven Adams, to be tour. fair. Better question. Can you trust Jaron for a full multiple playoff runs back to the back end of the East West WCF finals to hold down a defense like Bam? At this we ha- point. We haven't seen it yet. With his foul troubles, with his issues uh, guard being center full-time, can you trust it? I'm going to answer this in context. Yes, matchup dependent. In the West, if you're going up against Jokic and Anthony Davis... No. Bam has seen Embiid. This past playoff run, it was no, the Bucks. This past playoff series, the first Giannis. round was the Giannis. Bucks. He went, Giannis. He went Giannis. And Lopez. Lopez. And then, he went, and then he had to go out and guard Brunson and Randall in space. He put then he went out. The second. They put him on Jalen Brunson one game. I mean, Jalen Brown one game. That's how versatile he is. The second round, it was Mitchell Robinson that you had to really guard. Into. Randall, he was guarding Randall. Yeah, I, I think Jaron Jackson could stay out of foul trouble in that series for sure. And then in the conference finals, it's two for the Celtics, Al Horford and Rob no, Will. So I think he could stay out of wait, foul so trouble. Wait, so no, this is Jaron Jackson on the Heat, three, so that means he's the only big man out there. Well, I think with Eric Spolstra's coaching, yeah, I trust him. You mean Mr. Fowl a lot? I, yeah, with Eric Spolstra, the, 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 the best coach in the NBA, I, tr- I, tr- I trust Giannis Jared. Giannis in Brook? You're lying. With Eric Spolstra's coaching, I trust him. Eric Spolstra's going to be the sixth defender on the Wait, so hold on. Let me, let me ask you something. I mean, yeah. Eric Spolstra was able to revive Kevin Love's career again. He was able to revive Kevin Love's career. That's bull. What you mean he didn't revive his career? He was thrown to the dirt. With Cleveland. And yeah, that was Cavs. a mistake. That's why I feel they like that was the Cavs fuck up more. But yeah, maybe that was a mistake. Maybe that wasn't. Well, Kevin was good the year hold before. Hold, hold up, John. Here we go. You, last year, you had the Grizzlies as a contender. Why? Because yes. of the prowess of Ja only? Why did why did, did Jaron Jackson intrigue you at all as to why the reason why you had the Grizzlies as a contender? Well, the reason the Grizzlies were not a true front runner was because of Jaron's You had them as a true front runner, though. I had them as the you had multiple lists. The you had them beating the Lakers, didn't you? I had them a lower end contender. Did. I know yeah. we did, but for hating purposes, though, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I know, but but John legitimately was high on the Grizzlies as a championship contender. Fourth best team in the West. Fourth best team. Yes. So because of because Warriors, Suns, so because of John Morant. Oh, I you picked the Warriors, his... the Grizzlies to beat the Warriors. Never forget one. You did a year and a half ago. You did. I'm just letting so because because of John Morant because of John Morant's prowess. I wasn't on the show a year and a half ago. He wasn't. No. Oh, okay. Wrong year. I'm sorry. You're thinking he of someone else. He might have though. He might have though, right? But but so Jaron, J- what intrigued you about Jaron Jackson that you had the Grizzlies so high as the fourth best team in the West as a contender? The reason I had the Grizzlies that high dog was because of John Morant being an elite player That's performer. Really? Yes. That's it. And an awesome. You're lying through your cast. teeth. You're Listen, lying through your awesome teeth. Jaren, Jaren's Ten- always number two when you're talking Listen, about the Grizzlies. You know what I'm gonna do today? It's probably not gonna be out by the time of this episode. Okay. I'm going to look back at your content, and anytime you've talked about the Grizzlies, we're going to see if it was just because of John Moran. Because I'm sure there was a bunch defense. of Jaron Jackson's mentions. Well, you so talking if, John? If you, you want to talk about Jaron, come on. Listen, if you, you talked wanna, about Jaron, like, of course wanna, I did. Come on, like, of no course doubt. he did. So why you just say it was just John? <laughs> it was John Morant, and then the elite defense. <laughs> you say the elite man defense and not saying the elite Jaren. defense. Man, man, by, man Jaren. by who? By Jaron for sure. Jaron Jackson, Dylan Brooks, Stephen Dylan Brooks, who you didn't. 
you threw him to the trash. Steven this Adams this. for short. No, the Grizzlies. You said he was a negative, a net negative for the Grizzlies. On yeah, offense. By the time they get to the Lakers series, totally. No, he's a net negative on offense. Listen, I'm, I'm Hillman, looking back at the content. John Conchar. And I'm, I'm going to see what you exact. John, what? <laughs> he's on. He's on their lineups for one of their best defenders. I know, he but he he's talking about John Conchar more than Jaron Jackson. No, this this is their high oh, minute no, lineup. Really? I, I need he's John Conchar as the fourth best defender. No, listen, listen, you know John. I mean? I'm gonna look back, and I'm a, listen. So I wanted you to just be up and honest in the court right now, because <laughs> you're back. under oath. Perjury. Tell the truth. Uh oh. Because I'm a, I'm gonna look back at the film and see what you said exactly. So I is Jaron a better player than Bam? No. Defensively, he's better. But no, I didn't actually. I think is Bam a better player? Bam Adebayo is more reliable for a team like the Heat and contending teams just because he's more. Why, more why can we just get a, like, is Bam a is Jared a better basketball player like than Bam? Yes, within, no, within the Miami Heat's construct and organizational structure, <laughs> bro, I think it. Yeah, you can. Joel, you can is. say Bam's a better bro. player now, but you think in a year or two, Jared will I'm, be I'm better. I'm talking about right now. That's, that's, that's a, a valid answer. All, offensively, Bam, Bam, Bam Adebayo is better. The playmaking, yes. I, I even though the shooting, Jared. Listen, I think Bam is. Great player. I, I do. know. I know you do. I, do. I don't think you're casual. I, what you mean? I just told you I do. So yeah. Why don't you think I do? You're sometimes lying. And then the smirk uh, doesn't you help. You do lie. The smirk doesn't the smirk help. smirk doesn't help. Personally, the real, nice smile. the real question is Jaron Jackson or Draymond Green. Not Draymond or not Bam versus uh, what? Bam on the bottom. Why is, why is that the question? Draymond is more valuable than Bam what? defensively without a doubt. What do you, what do you, what As do you, a player. Wait, the real question is who? Jaron Jackson versus Draymond, not Jaron versus what's, Bam. What's the question, though? But why is that the question over Bam? I think Jaron's more... What? He's closer to Bam. Or, sorry, he's closer to Draymond than he is Bam. <laughs> is Draymond not close to Bam as a player? Wait, you talk about on defense? Because there's like talk about being in a specific situation. You put Draymond on 25 teams in the league, and his offensive impact is completely... Of course, yeah, we know that. Mitigated. Or maybe it gets better. You put, you put Draymond Green in Miami, they're the best defense ever. With Bam or without Bam? Doesn't even matter. There's no. an argument if for Draymond. There's the an argument defensive player in the league. with Bam. What? There's an argument for Draymond being the most impactful guy out of there, all three. There shouldn't be I an totally argument. Agree. He's Draymond's the most impactful defender but in offensively, basketball. Offensively, Draymond's not close to Bam. When did you become a Heat fan? He's been in for a minute. <laughs> the Suns, Nuggets. No, Bam. He's been a Bam guy. He didn't, want to pick a, he didn't even want to pick relative a winner in the finals. Yeah, that was the same. who had the Heat missing the playoffs altogether. I Ooh. seem like a Heat fan, but what I'm getting at here you is... You had the Heat missing the playoffs? or Bam's me, arguably the best defender in the league. Surely the most important to his team. Averaging 20 and 10. And he has been one of the best passers in that position, just like Draymond. He's not a better he's p- a passer better, than Draymond, though. He's not. Yeah, he's not. But he's a better playmaker. Better scorer. And he's a better player because if he you scores more. If you want to add youth into the discussion, he's more durable than Draymond, too. Oh, on yeah. top of those two things. You would still take the smartest defensive player in the basketball. Well, I would rather have Bam, and I think Bam's a better player. I got Bam top 25. Draymond's like 40. Well, it's in a vacuum. It's different. Draymond for the Warriors is different than Col- Draymond on the Hawks. You know when the, when Draymond's off the court, we're like the 30th best defense in the, in the world. Right. And but when similar, he's on the court, we're like the fifth, sixth best defense similar in Similar story basketball. for Miami. Okay. I just, really? I just want what are the numbers? I want to know. You have them? <laughs> <laughs> no, not right now. Okay. I, I, those I don't know are, if I, I believe. I know, I know those are. Yeah, I know Draymond that for Draymond. the best defender in the league, but Bam is one of the two or three best. I, no, I, I'm with you on Bam being top five defender in basketball. And the gap between defensively is not large. No, I, Bam is a top five defender in basketball. I know that for a fact. That's not down in my mind. The so offensive gap is no, large. No, Jaron, Bam, top five. When you talk about Draymond Green... That man is number one, and it's like I'm not the only defense. one close We're to him. I feel like player. is AD. That's the only one defensively. Okay, who's the best player to. defensively? Draymond Green is the best defender out of the two. Offensively, with the situation, listen, you make oh, a you make a you make a, you make a sound point. Any any of the weaknesses that got exploited 
from opposing teams to the Warriors last season in the playoffs, specifically the Kings series, I want to talk about, and the Lakers, you know, a little bit. Does Bam Adebayo help any of that? No. So, to me, it, I, I just don't really see how Jaron is a conversation with Draymond, but Bam Adebayo is in this tier alone, and he shouldn't be compared to any of the two. That's not what I was quite saying. That's, I may have gave off said. that impression. I think Jaron is closer right. to Draymond than he is Bam on ranking players. So, but you think Bam is over Draymond comfortably for you? Comfortably. That's literally what I said. Uh, is that not what I said? These guys argue I'm like sorry. an old couple, man. John, who, who's your breakout player for Team USA, bro? Read this, se- this segment into a 30-minute Jerry Jackson verse. I started this. I'll be honest. I was the one who instigated it. I, I continued it. I accentuated it. My breakout for Team USA, there is none. Quite uh, frankly, it's always something with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> all of these Answer guys, the damn question. all of these guys have a broken out or b they're going to their sophomore year, like Walker or Apollo. To me, the two guys to look out for are Brandon Ingram and Austin Reeves. Reeves is trying to build off his playoff performance versus the Nuggets, where he looks very good. But you got to sustain that level of play. You got a lot of people like me saying he could be the third best player in a championship team. I believe and I feel better about that now. But he's still going to continue developing as a shooter, getting closer to the 40% mark, and he's got to continue growing towards a ball handler going on 25 years old. For Brian Ingram, meanwhile, he's a guy that's worked with Paulo on that mid-range game. Brian Ingram's got the skill set to be a top 15, borderline top 10 player in the game, but he's got to continue growing to as a leader because we know Zion inherently. I'm sorry, Drew. I hate shitting on Zion when you're not here, but the reality is he's played 25% of his games the last couple of years. So Brandon Ingram does have to take that step forward as a leader and kind of the face of the Pelicans, given you know Zion's not really going to be on the floor. You can't rely on it. We saw that down the stretch. Brandon Ingram moved Riv. Number one B.I. hater turned him into, you know, a supporter. Yeah. Um, I do think Austin Reeves could be the third best player on championship team if he has two top ten guys, to be fair, right? Or put, five at the best, it, you say. Two yeah, top fifteen. If you put if you put Austin Reeves with Siakam and Trey Young, I don't think that's a championship team, right? No, no fucking shot. Um, I think like individual play wise, Austin Reeves is the clear answer. Um he showed in the playoffs down the stretch that Grizzlies series, really all of them, he was he was fantastic. I think that one game was a game one against Memphis where he's 14 points in the fourth quarter. Like, yeah. he showed real improvement towards the middle of the season. He was, I don't want to say a joke, but, like, Drew loved him and was having him up OD, and we're, like, kind of relaxed. But as the season went on, he went and showed that he could be a great contributor to a championship team. Most found, improved player? Uh, sorry, I found the on-off ratings for uh, Bam Adebayo. What is it? So, when he's on the court, there are 2022, 2023, 115 offensive rating. Off 110. But defensively, it's quite drastic. Defensively, on 113, off 115. What's the BPM? So, off the court, they're two points worse. Yes. But uh, I thought it'd be worse. Offensively, they're five point worse. Mm-hmm. That's surprising. I thought it'd almost be opposite. Yeah. The plus minus in of itself, Raymond plus 14, Bam plus seven. Seven points higher. Best defender in the world. That's wow. nice. Um, but team wise, like, I think individually, Austin it's Reeves like makes the biggest leap, but that's because a lot of these guys, like, no, oh, I'm Brunson's sorry. like that. Sorry to like cut that. you off one more time. Yeah. But in the playoffs, defensively, when he's on the court, 112 off 117. That's source. offensive rating? Yeah. No, it's defensive, defensive. rating. That's the playoffs. Five points. Rev, what's your source? Huh? PBP stats. Okay. You want to steal it? You, are you, is that MLA approved? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know either. What are you saying? Um, but I would say if you're looking at it like a player that can elevate their team, Paulo was going to be my pick. Rev took it. But for all the things he said, the fact that he's going to be around. All of these elite guys 
these elite coaches, and we're, I think, all expecting the Magic to take another jump, get into that play and conversation. They were playing some good basketball last year. They were dealing with some injuries. Now you got Anthony Black there. You got a real point guard that could help orchestrate this offense. You got Jet who could shoot. Of course, you got Franz there, Wendell. I mean, they Jingling have a, a really, a really fun five, huh? You, want Jingling Joe. you sure you want me to yell these out? You're doing the playoffs or regular season? Playoffs. You don't want me to yell at But a playoffs is a what? Five game sample size? Six. Who's this? Jaron Jackson. Off the playoffs is fucking. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm sorry. We're, we're here, bro. This bro, is fun. Bro, six game sample size in the playoffs is not that large, especially for a Lakers team who the Grizzlies were injured well, no, across no, the board. Uh, listen, this is going to really, this might excite you. So um, when, when Jaron was on the court against the Lakers, 102 offensive rating. When he was off, 107. So they were better offensively. Yeah. But defensive rating, oh, actually defensive rating when he was on, 111. When he was off, 109. So there are two points better with him off. They the were better at all facets when he wasn't that, on the court. That's why on-off numbers are bullshit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're so like, yeah. it's like, ah. Well, what I about the regular that? season, though? Regular season, he was fucking amazing. Actually, he might have cleared Bam. Um, oh, no, I lied. Well, offense, 119. We're just talking about defense. Oh, defense. Yeah, I know you didn't want to get into offense. Uh, 109 on 114 off. Defense you there. So but the gap with the, in the playoffs with Bam and defensive rating is basically what Jaron Jackson was in regular season. Yeah. Five-point difference. But offensively, he's they're, 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 uh, when he's off, they're four points worse in the regular season. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But defensively, they get better. I mean, offensively, they get better in the playoffs. I okay. lost, dog. Yeah. His efficiency wasn't good in the playoffs. It's because he's this, this – this, me and you projected him to be this – Great three-point shooter, at least good. He's very inconsistent at the moment. So hopefully, he needs to be that for them to take that yeah, leap. Hopefully, though. he can figure that. So shit you have out. Austin Reeves and Paulo Boncaro. Austin Reeves individual numbers, Paulo team wise bringing it up. Austin Reeves could win most improved player. Yeah. Would he be in contention? He would have to put up some numbers. I don't know. I mean, I mean he would he put up twelve points to eighteen. Yeah. I mean, if you think he's their best player on the championship team with with LeBron and AD, can you, he not? Do you get see the guys they have as favorites though? Some hefty Ooh. guys. They had Halley. They have um, Maxi as a favorite. What are what yeah? Harden leaves to Maxi. Burton and Maxi pulling up to win. I like average like twenty four and twelve, and he would yeah. probably get most. And if they have like a fifty win season, forty five win Obi. season, he would get it. I think you've got to be a Laurie Markkinen or a Julius Randle, a Jeremy Grant to win most improved. You know, sure you are a role player. Yeah, should have in the water, the right bro. Opportunity to level up in your statistics. I mean, we just saw stats. SGA level up at a tremendous level and didn't win it. Yeah. That's because of Laurie, though. So Bridges is the favorite for Fanduel. Cade is up here. Mikel. Yes. Yeah. Austin Reeves is the fourth favorite for Shane <laughs> I guess if you go from zero across the board, right? But Yeah, my fault, yeah. I should have <laughs> said Mikhail first. Uh, Singoon's up here. Scotty's up here. Poole's up Singoon's here. Tyus Jones is up one here. Of those players Tyus like Jones that. is up here, too. And Frenet's up is Jordan, here. You said Jordan Poole? Poole has the seventh. Because he's going to have the counting stats. I, the Wizards probably going to be Fan, terrible. This is, I'm just reading Fan, though. I don't really read the rest of them. Um, Simons, Giddy, Sharp, Jalen Williams, Wagner, Walker Kessler. Desmond Bain's back up here. It gets it gets bad. It's I'm not gonna read the rest. With Hima Yudoka coming in, aiming off the bench, Alperin Shengun would be my pick for most for most improved. He's the fifth favorite, six, plus sixteen hundred. And I mean, yeah. unlike those other guys, he wasn't putting up twenty points and ten assists. He was putting up fourteen points, nine rebounds, mm. and four assists. But it's without the ro- offense exclusively being run through him, Jalen, and then Eamon. Is Sengun going um, to get to a twenty point per game score on that I team? I think he'd get to eighteen points, ten rebounds, six assists, which is incredible. Six and a half assists. Yeah, he he was a really great passer. This week in the NBA. Now, John, you have some. Uh, you have an interesting Ben Simmons take. Uh, I think you are starting to have a soft spot for him. Redemption season, possibly. What is this about Ben Simmons you want to share? <sighs> ben Simmons was 
pretty abysmal last year. All things considered, career lows in points, rebounds, assists, didn't finish the year, was shut down by February. But I was doing a little bit of my due diligence, a little research action, and it came to my attention that some experts say from the back procedure he had, he would not be fully recovered up until a month into the 2023-24 season. And it makes me think, when watching Ben Simmons last year, it was so easy to be like, well, he just doesn't like playing basketball, and he's never grown his game. But he lost all of the explosiveness he had in Philadelphia. He didn't look healthy. Anytime he drove to the rim, it was a dump-off pass or an awkward left-handed floater. I still think he should shoot to with his right hand. You look at the Nets. It's a low-pressure environment. Unlike last year, there's zero drama. The only X factor is Ben Simmons. All the pressure that was put on him as a number one overall pick has kind of evaporated. Sure, he's paid $87 million over the next two years, but the reality is Nets aren't going to be a high-level playoff team. He gets to ease his way back into the lineup, and I'm starting to feel like no one's really going to look at him as a starting caliber power point guard after this last year, but there's a lot of opportunity here with this Nets team, and I'm kind of starting to, to buy a little bit of stock here with Benjamin. I've never, not to be up on your Benjamin. business, but uh, I've never typed a question mark into Google. What do you mean? Has Ben Simmons recovered question mark? I've never done that. Oh, nah, bro. Look. Yeah. You're looking at. I oh, didn't, didn't oh my fault. That. My fault. Big guy. Come on now. You typed in a question mark. I thought, thought he, he did, did, but it was just the way it looked. It looked like that was a search bar, but it wasn't. I typed in Ben Simmons return, and there's some feedback. Yeah. A lot of feedback questions that Google provides. But Ben Simmons question, mark. question mark. That was going to move me. My this week in the NBA, it's actually one of your guys now. Mm. We, a lot of the times we see, you know, X team is interested in Y player. There's not a lot of times where we see X player interested in Y team, but we know for Christian Wood, not all the rules apply. Christian Wood <laughs> is interested in a potential destination with the Miami Heat. Wow. We know the Heat are in a lot, of, a lot of talks with Dame and whatnot. And if there's any coach that could get Christian Wood right, I know it's Spo. So I'm hoping he doesn't go there. Wow. If they get him, they might not need Dame. <laughs> oh, my God. You heard that riff? My this week in the NBA, Josh Hart, contract extension, four years, $81 million. Much deserves. Give it up for Josh Hart. One of the most impactful role players in the league. I was told by John, listen, it doesn't, it doesn't help the Knicks, but it, it certainly did help the he Knicks. He was in the shots. He was hitting the shots. And we don't know if that's going to continue. But congratulations to Josh. Good role player. Probably overpaid, but good for him. Definitely overpaid. Probably I don't have him this week crazy. in the NBA. I'll be honest. Come on. Uh, Bob Myers. Wimby got 84 overall. Facts. On 2K. I think that's too high. Record. He's a generational. So yeah. Fuck it. Jalen Brown is 89. Really? Him only being five points higher than him. Wemby's not. Should be 90. All NBA. At least. Yeah, for sure. All I NBA see the NBA. Heat series also gone to the 2K devs or whoever makes those ratings. Jimmy's a 95. That's insane. Should be like a 93. Valid. 93 91 speed. maybe. One point higher than JB. (laughs) 93. (laughs) And also, if you made it this far to our This Week in the NBA, also want to let you know two things. One is that we just released a brand new Patreon episode. You can see a sneak peek of it right here. Broke. All right, we'll just. You got to eat all of it, bro. I know. Okay, you just going. (laughs) (laughs) As you can see in the sneak peek, Riv is dying to drink some water, some milk. He, he tried the <laughs> one chip challenge. Extremely Santos, spicy chip. Santos. He killed, he killed half a carton of milk. Yeah. Grown man. Half I a just carton bought of milk. that milk. Wish it was almond milk. Okay, cheap. <laughs> Wish it was almond milk. It is not cheap. My goodness. Sorry, bro. It's just, uh, just oh, think, it's good. You needed it. It's Just fine. thinking about that shit. It was really nasty. Like, I, you went right through you? No, you were I, in there remember, I, oh. I went to the, I couldn't eat the rest of it. 
No, I know, but you were in the bathroom after. I don't know if you're oh, kidding. I actually didn't have to shit, but I had to sit down and just relax. Yeah, relax, yeah. get in a comfortable position, just in case I had to shit. Like I had to go outside, stand <laughs> up, feel the heat in case I was about to throw up. I was like, all right, I beat this part. Now let me go in the bathroom see if I got to shit. Beat Is that, that the part. Like worst food experience of your life for sure, <laughs> undoubtedly. Yeah, I'm never doing that again. Spicy stuff. No, that actually was. It's nasty. Too. It doesn't taste good. Oh, uh-huh. and it's like I uh, feel like anything that spicy probably doesn't taste good. It's just thinking about it, it makes me throw up. And then number two, make sure you guys join for the Mojo waitlist. Link is in our bio. We are trying to get over 50 referrals. We have 29 so far, so make sure up, you guys join the referral Nine list. before. We had 20? We had 20. Yeah. Oh, we have 29. Yo, come on, come on. Come on. You, you helped us out with the franchise tag. Now help us out get this incentive. Now man. we on a contract again. <laughs> you know what I'm this saying? This is just what we got the contract, but this is one of the incentives this is like, in the contracts so the that could get us. Hmm? So how do you do the referral? How do you do the referral is that you go to the link in our bio, you click the Mojo link, and then it takes you to the site, and you put your name in, your first name, and then you put your email, you submit it, and when the DFS app is live, they will email you that is now live so you can download the app. DFS come a couple weeks, right? We, we got our we got our all pro year in. They didn't believe in us. Now we're coming we back for another year. year. Yeah, now <laughs> we got to kick in, man. So help us out, man. To end off the show, it's an interesting question right here because, mm-hmm. you know, all offseason, and I'm glad John is on the show for this. I love sure. Drew. But whenever we talk about the Suns, it's always three against one because none of you guys are believers. Facts against I the wall? We, I think we all think the Suns are a top three team in the West. Wait, I don't think I've said anything bad about the Suns' big three. Oh, yeah. Only just Kevin Durant. You've said a lot of things about the, bad about the Suns. Yeah, before. But I, the big three, I was pretty mean about it. So keep that between. But the question is, you know, everybody always mentions the Suns' depth. Whenever you bring them to conversation, it doesn't matter that, the, that they have KD, Booker, and Beal. It's the depth, 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 depth. But the Celtics... I mean, they never get brought up when it comes to the depth question. And, and Dells, you have some concerns yourself for that depth. I do. And when we made the Porzingis trade, that was one of my concerns was I was going through this lineup and you have your starting five of Derek White's going to start the one, JB, Tatum, and wherever it is. But the three bigs, Porzingis, Al, and Rob. Six players. And then off the bench, you got Brogdon, who, listen, the playoffs last year was not good. He was banged up, so I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. But outside that, I mean, it's Sam Hauser and Peyton Pritchard. Those are your probably eighth and ninth men off the bench. And I thought Hauser should have played more in the playoffs last year. I thought against the Hawks, we know he could shoot. I thought against the Hawks, he played pretty good defense. Um, but I, I am concerned that the Celtics bench does not go deep. And now you're acquiring Porzingis, who has injury concerns. Malcolm Brogdon, who probably is untradeable at this point because we still don't really exactly know what's going on with him. Um, and then also Robert Williams, who always deals with injuries no matter what season. He doesn't play 82 um, throughout his career. So I have real concerns about the Celtics. I think the reason they don't get brought up is because for years, the Celtics have had the depth and it feels like the Suns issue last postseason. There's a few issues, but one of them was depth and they gave up a lot of their depth. Not that they were great pieces, but a lot of the flexibility down the line to acquire depth, you know, down the road, because going to the second apron, you're not able to make as many moves. Of course, the Celtics are going to be approaching that apron if, if they're not already in it, even though I, Brown's contract doesn't, doesn't uh, hit for another couple of seasons. But I'm concerned about the, Celtic, the Celtics' depth. I, Of course, getting Porzingis and to the Suns, getting Bradley Beal, you get that third star. You And, of course, star power in the NBA, that's what you're looking for. But you do have to go through, if you want to win a championship, three playoff series. And if we know anything about the Celtics, they don't make it easy for themselves. They don't beat the Hawks in four or five games. They go six. They don't beat the 76ers without Embiid. They have to go seven games. They go down 3-0 to the Heat. 
The same thing happened last year. They took care of business against the Nets, but seven against the Bucks, seven against the, the Heat, and then, of course, they lost the Warriors. So when you have a combination of a team who can't take care of business, now you have depth concerns, now you have injury concerns, of course I'm going to root for my guys. And and with all the draft picks Dan, uh, Brad Stevens has, has uh, acquired this offseason, I think there's probably still another move. Um, but right now, as we stand, you're talking about Payne Pritchard and Sam Hauser getting significant minutes in the playoffs, and I don't feel great about that. Oh, you, you guys want me to go? <laughs> uh, this topic is actually really, really interesting. Boston Celtics, man. Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon is your backcourt for the most part. Brogdon probably six, man. Yeah, no, I'm just saying in general, okay. like your guards. Jalen Brown, you on and off guard forward. He switches up every other year. Tatum's in your front court. Then you got Porzingis, you got Al Holford, and then Rob Wills man and down that center spot. Six guys, seven guys, right? And then Hauser with the size, ability to stretch the floor. What is he like six eight, six nine? Probably is gonna get that. <laughs> yeah, he's probably gonna get that eighth. You don't spot. want a Nabe or Hauser. Uh, oh, you do. But you know he'll he'll probably get that eighth <laughs> spot. The difference between the Suns' depth and the Celtics' depth is the Celtics' depth is just more proven in the NBA, and I think that's why the Celtics' depth doesn't get the flack. Malcolm Brogdon is proven in the NBA. He may not be proven as a like as a champion, but he's proven as an NBA basketball player. Derek White is proven. He just made all defensive team. Porzingis is proven. Rob Will is proven. Like these guys are proven players outside of Tatum and Brown. For the Phoenix Suns. The problem is a lot of these guys, it's still up in the air. It's mystery behind these players. What can they do in a heightened role? What can they do in a more role, more pressure and stuff like that? So the the difference is really that because the pressure has been on Boston, Boston and they went to the ECF. Pressure's been there for Rob Will and Al Horford. Al Horford is in series where he's locked up Joel Embiid in one-on-one matchups. So we know what he can do when the pressure's on the, like when the pressure's on the line. Derek White, we know what he can do when the pressure's on the line. So it's it's no, even though they have a depth concern, which is a problem for them in the regular season, 80-game series, that's 80-game season, that's going to be a problem. I think in the playoffs, that seven-man rotation is fine. Maybe you can just throw Housen as the eighth man, but it's fine because you kind of know what you're going to get out of those guys. You trust those guys. With the Phoenix Suns, let's all just be realistic here. Maybe John and is the one guy that's watched Jordan Goodwin for 40 games and then maybe a little bit of Joel. But Jordan Goodwin, Yuta Watanabe, uh, Josh Akogi, I'm Keita Bates-Diop. Yeah. They have not had real pressure in a playoff environment to know what they're going to look like, and they're in a different role. Now it's more expectations. So the, the it's going to be different conversations. And the Suns really – like you said, a part of their problem was depth against the Nuggets, but it's, they didn't have anybody outside of Kevin Durant and Devin Booker to create a shot or create an open look for anybody else. Devin, uh, Bradley Beal provides that. It's just about now you have three guys, that, well, two and a half guys that can do it. Kevin Durant can do it at a mid-level, but Devin Booker can do it at a great level. Bradley Beal can also do that. Are these other guys who aren't proven going to hit those shots? I think that's where the depth concerns really come into play. You missed Eric Gordon. I did. I literally was blanking on names. He's also is very streaky, and he shoots parking lot threes. Um, Malcolm Brogdon, you know, them shits are nuts. Malcolm Brogdon shot like forty. Does Malcolm Brogdon shoot parking lot threes? Not part. He shoots. Malcolm Brogdon being dog. The three point line is over there. Eric is Brogdon was actually he was a terrible finisher at the rim, but he was an elite three point shooter. Has has Malcolm Brogdon been in dog fights with the Juggernaut Warriors back in the Rockets days? That was Eric Gordon. He didn't show that. (laughs) That was Eric Gordon. He was in those matchups. He didn't show that at all in the Clippers series. He, was he, he taking parking lot threes in those series? Yeah, and he was making them. Nuts. He has to stop. Bro. Eric Gordon, um, Damian Lee just shot what from three, John? I forgot. 40. 
plus percent. He's a ring. High. <laughs> That's a Damian Lee. He, he's someone who's been in that pressure. Percentage. Uh, he played a little bit. Hey, you know he could shoot. He could shoot that three ball. Minutes you had game. I mean, listen. <laughs> I'm I'm look, I really <laughs> so talk lot. about the Celtics. Their season, to me, depends on Robert Williams staying healthy. This last year, he oh, played 35 games. The year before, he was in the Defensive Player of the Year discussion. One of the most improved Ooh, defensive Damian players Lee in the for league. The, for the because he stayed healthy for the first time in Monty 2022. No, that was this is Golden State. Sorry, John, I'm already trying to talk. This is Golden State. Oh, really? Eight Steve minutes. Kerr. Eight minutes can be valuable in the playoffs. He scored two points a game. Eight minutes, you're like the last round. He shot 25% from the three-point line, by the way. Sometimes you need those minutes. 25% from the three-point line. He, this guy just doesn't know when to stop, bro. It's not helping your case. Go ahead, John. My fault, Brody. You're good. The Celtics are able to kind of mask some of their offensive passing shortcomings with that elite defense that dropped off by five points last year. And in order for them to continue developing and improving, by losing a lot of that depth, it's going to rely heavily on not only Time Lord, but then also Malcolm Brogdon to stay healthy. I look at the Suns' depth, and it is worse. But you also look at guys like Kadebates Diop, lesser known, Utah Watanabe, and Jordan Goodwin. They're all in their early 20s, coming off their best year so far. And they have an opportunity to come off the bench for 20 minutes per game. They actually can stay healthy with that. I, I don't want to cut you off. Does... The Phoenix Suns' best player not have injury concerns? Kevin Durant? Yes. He has a good amount. Okay. Good amount was nuts. But I was going right. to say, if we were talking <laughs> about Rob, <laughs> let's, nice. let's do KD's right. last four years. It doesn't look much better. And I'm just talking about the depth now. Okay. <laughs> oh, my bad. Yeah, because <laughs> why talk about the best player on each team? That doesn't make because sense. Because in the That's playoffs, KD hasn't been That's injured. Fair. No, That's he's, fair. Yeah, he's for sure healthy and losing. <laughs> Sorry. But when talking about the Celtics, that. my concern just comes from the fact, and this is the whole point of the topic, this is a team where it only gets harder from here on out for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to carry the torch with not a whole lot of support if one or two of these guys does go down. You're looking at a bench that's not the same. Joe Mazzola, I really enjoyed watching his offense in the regular season, but he's not he's not anywhere close to Ime Udoka. One of the 10 best coaches in the league, arguably, hasn't coached in a year. And then on top of those oh two things, too, the defensive foundation isn't what it once was. By losing Marcus Smart, you put a lot of eggs in the basket of Derek White, who had a fantastic defensive season, was better last year than Marcus Smart for just 2023 defensively. But you can't deny the psychological element of losing a guy in Marcus Smart, who was the heartbeat of this team for the last eight years. Yep. And I feel like the combination of that with inexperienced coaching and a lack of depth, that's why I fear the Suns. Frank Vogel, more experienced coach. We saw what he just did with the Lakers, made them a championship team, and his first year with them. I look at this Boston team, I simply think there's too much on the shoulders of these two star wings who are not exactly the ideal fits with one another. Can you respect Sam Cassell, top assistant, top assistant coach? He's a great assistant head coach. It's good. Fucking guy. Still not Frank Vogel. I'm looking at the 1920 Lakers because I want to see uh, a knock on that team was they didn't have a lot of depth, even though they ran through the West that year. You have AD LeBron, KCP, who at that point, KCP had only been to the playoffs once in his career. He played well. But it was only once to that point. Um, Kyle Kuzma was on that team. First time in the playoffs. Rajon Rondo, veteran. Danny Green, veteran. Caruso, first time in the playoffs. That time. Markeith, Dwight, JaVale. So, you know, they had some vets. And I think the Suns have some vets. I think Eric Gordon's a vet. I think KD, Booker, Beal are vets. Those are four players right there. Listen, I think DeAndre Ayton, he is a vet, and he's played well in the playoffs before. I think the biggest 
move this offseason for the Suns, of course, we talk about Bradley Bill, but I think it was possibly getting Frank Vogel as the coach because he's somebody that I don't really care about the defensive personnel not being over the top with the Suns. I think this defense will be a top 10 defense in the league just with Frank Vogel schematics and what he's going to get them to do on a defensive end. <laughs> you're laughing at me. No, I just, I can't. Every time I stare at you, uh, you're always laughing. That's Top cute. 10. That's cute. I think if if Aiden can become a modest rim protector. Yeah. If Aiden is a, because every time Frank Vogel. Aiden could be that though. That's what I'm saying. If every time Frank, like, yeah, Frank Vogel has had great defenses, but he's always had the personnel. Mm -hmm. So, and he's always had the rim protector for it. AD, Roy Herbert, you know, he had PG on the wings. George Hill was a stout defender at the point guard position with Indiana. He had Lance Stevenson, who also was pesky. Um, he had he had some squads. Yes, at Portrait. And then with the Lakers, David he West. had Caruso, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. He had KCP. Like, he's had personnel. So, for this Phoenix team, it's going to rely on Keita Bays-Diaz, who, what I'm known, he's a really good defender. Kevin Durant could still give you that rim protection on the weak side. Devin Booker, um, DeAndre Ayton. It's going to rely Josh Okogie. It's going to rely a lot on these guys if they want to be top 10. I know this isn't impressive, like, per se, but in Orlando – when he coached their two seasons, the second season, they were 18th in defensive rating with Fournier, Gordon, Vucevic, Simmons, Alfred Pan, Augustine, Hazonia. And I like those teams. The Suns yeah. team does not have any defensive liabilities on it. Guys, you can attack. The Celtics get a lot of Peyton Pritchard offensively, but that's a six-foot guard, right? And one of the things seven. that I prioritized this offseason was switchable wings. Guys like Bull Bull, who are probably not going to ever be real rotation Bull players. Bull cannot defend. He not. actually is a quite good weak side rim protector. Oh, because of his last... You said... You said... No, no, no. You said... Never mind. Guy, keep going. He's got all of the tools to at least... Oh, you're one of them tool guys. guys. Bro, he can't defend. Right. But Frank Vogel oftentimes had a guy Bull like Bull Anthony Bull can guard Davis. on the perimeter, bro? Not, not quite. But with the length, that's one of the most important he aspects He did say switchable... You look at what Frank Vogel can do. It's having a non-shooter, leaving him in the corner, and then having Bull Bull offer that weak side rim protection. He's got a seven-foot-eight wingspan. How many minutes is Bull Bull playing for this rotation? Probably ten. Are you still? Are you still thought of? But it's the archetype of these switchable wings. Let me speak. It's the archetype of switchable wings like Kade Bates Diop, Eric Gordon, and Utah. Kade Bates Diop. He's a good defender. Fine team defenders. KD this last year was one of the best defenders on a Brooklyn team that was one of the best defenses. The moment they got clicking, they led the league in blocks, Nicholas Claxton. And DeAndre Ayton has immense defensive tools. He's just never developed since coming out of Arizona. If he can harness some of that rim protection, the laws of verticality, as Frank Vogel once applied with, with uh, Roy Hibbert, there's no doubt in my mind they can be one of the better defenses. Top 10 to me is a little bit hot because we know D-Buck, Beal, and Katie are all going to miss games in the regular season. But if they can be the 14th best defense in the regular season, that's not going to affect their standing in they just need, I mean, it's playoffs that we care about. We know the Suns team, they're not going to fall out of the top six, barring something And that's what matters to get to the playoffs, right? Like the Nets, they fell to the seventh seed two years ago. That's why they had to face up with the that's Celtics true. in the first round. True. So all the, the Phoenix Suns have to do is just get a top four seed a little bit better Should have heard year. if they fall seven and play Denver again. Oh, yeah. they'll be cooked. But if they can get a good, favorable round one matchup, that will be what puts them in place to then go on a run. Without it, they're not going to. I think that's fair. I mean, Frank Vogel, you guys mentioned, he brings that defensive mind. I also think that – I know I give Joe Mazzulla a lot of – you know, I give him some leeway, mm -hmm. but you have to admit, he can, he got the job a week before training camp opened, right? So he got in. He's fucking like 35 years old. It's his first time as a head coach. 
So he got thrown into the fire. I think this year now he has a full offseason. We brought, completely revamped the uh, assistant coaches because they basically all went to Houston to follow Ime. Um, now that we have an actual assistant coach staff that has experience, Missoula going into year two, we saw uh, Jalen Brown speak when um, I believe it was right after he signed his contract. It's like, I want us to get back to that defensive-minded kind of Boston basketball that we saw two years ago. They have the personnel to do it. They do have, obviously, a couple liabilities um, Al Horford's getting up there in age where we know, and, and, you know, down low, he's one, still one of the best defenders. Payne Pritchard, like you mentioned, but Pritchard's not going to get a lot of minutes. Brogdon can't get exposed. He did in the playoffs. But when you have Tatum, who could be all defensive team any other year, you have Porzingis, who's shown that. You have Rob, who's shown that. Jalen Brown, I know didn't show it last year, but shown in previous years, he can get back to that. I think they have at least four guys that can be elite defensively that you don't w. have to you don't have to really worry about. Oh, Payne Pritchard getting his seven minutes, or Al Horford getting stuck in a switch. Mm-hmm. To be fair, though, if Brogdon goes down, Pritchard's gonna be playing a he lot is. of yeah. minutes. He is. Atlanta Banton, somebody they signed. That is facts. Uh, six fun, six nine guard, right? He's really radar big. pickup. He is big. He's a he fun just, player. He's a pro- fun project player. Yes, but I think like probably one year deal. I'm assuming maybe it's two. Um, but yeah, I've, I've never seen it's crazy how Grant Williams goes from to quote Riff fat and shitty to now we lose him. And it's the biggest loss in the world. So not that I said that <laughs> yeah. no shot in hell. I'd ever say that. Uh, so who's going further next year in the playoffs, the Boston Celtics or the Phoenix Suns? Well, we know the Boston Celtics, the floor is the ECF. So as of recently, not no, nothing tells us that that's going to happen in the future. It could not happen. In the future. I mean, it, we have about you, five you years in a row or um, not five, well, but five years out of the last years. seven, right? Like <laughs> the Hawks took out a six. If they get Siakam. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of a wild question. Actually, in August, uh, I guess I'll go farthest right now. Celtics playoffs to get change. Celtics. And the Suns. He said that so low. I thought he was about to say this. <laughs> Listen, in the West, I got a lot of teams, man. You do. I got the, the West Suns. is easily the harder conference. Yeah. Yes. I got the Suns, the Mavericks, the Wolves. Denver. Don't forget them. Lakers are Denver. in there. I, I love you Denver. You like all the best teams. Like oh, you said best. I you but Denver, Denver, I'm not going to try to jack Denver. Je- I, I love and admire what they've done. I'm not going to say that's my team. The Suns are my team because Jessica's a Suns fan. You know, so that I, I root for the Suns. Oh, so we're stealing our females. He now. was, uh, he was, he was rooting for K. I mean, it's because of KD. You're not gonna just throw Jess into this and be like, "Oh, it's valid." It well, was of KD. Course. No, I root for the Suns because of KD. But I was a KD fan and rooting for the Suns with KD. But, but now you're with, with my girl now being a Suns fan. Like that I am a Suns you, that fan. Just my my your, girl's uh, a Heat fan. It's not a chance in God's name. You fucking catching her for that organization. There. I understand it. You know, Celtics Heat. That, that makes sense. Also, a Cowboys fan. You're a Dallas down fan. Down. There's a rivalry between Dallas and the Suns. You don't care about it though, don't you? No, I, I don't. I don't. But but okay. No, yeah, I told her I don't. She she's mad at me about that, but I told her she doesn't she, fuck with Dallas. No, no, she does not at all. Because she's she a real hates, fan. She hates Luca. She's a real fan of the Suns. Yeah, I know. I'm not a real fan of the Suns. Oh, yeah. Wow. She yeah. hates Luca. Makes sense. Yeah, I'm surprised you kind of made this far. No. You fucking <laughs> love him. <laughs> no, she hates Luca. She hates Luca. Oh man. That's going to do it for episode 302 of the Pick Aside Podcast. You can follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Pick Aside Podcast, on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod. Make sure to join the Mojo DFS waitlist. Run it up. Link is in our bio. Please. Thank you for watching and or listening, and we'll see you next time. This is Kirk Henderson from Pod Maverick, a Dallas Mavericks podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you are listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. 
Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, podcast network, and business operations. Now they're raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which will in turn help this show continue to grow. If you'd like to be part of the BlueWire investment round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com slash bluewire.